Welcome back, everybody, to episode seven. I'm your host, Dan Steers from Double Dan Horsemanship, and I'm here in the studio with co-host, special comments, Kim Hagen. How you doing, Kim? Good evening, sir. I'm fantastic. How are you going? Bloody well. Did you hear? I put a little bit more oomph into this yeah, intro, yeah. I feel. That was up vibe. I was, I'm feeling it. Oh, yeah. The You're rums right. have kicked in. <laughs> I've got a nice glow. How long have you been drinking? Longer than you, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. Since just, you had to drive over. Oh, I just got here. This right? is my third. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, that's good. And you know how I make them. Mm. So we're going to cover in this episode the final part for 2010, which has been a three-part series. What a massive year. It's huge. Like going back over it, I, I can't, and Pierre listens to the podcast when she gets an opportunity and even she's come back to me and said we did a lot that was a big year damn right it was a big year and it's this is this is not even the next bit's really only like a damn right that was a big year oh you like like the pun yeah that would just go I with that it. Yeah, yeah it was nice damn right <laughs> you gotta add that in a bit more often oh, mate, I'm getting sharp. it's not even like the last third of the year this next this next part the sequence is really only like eight weeks maybe six weeks and we're gonna we're gonna be covering from when we basically got back from World Equestrian Games, and we flew back. I did. I had a look back through the old Facebook. We flew back on the seventeenth of October. Within two weeks, we're performing at the two thousand and ten Dressage State Champs at Sydney. And the horses had had months off. Right while we were over there in the states, horses aren't getting any work. We come back two weeks, getting them going, going down to Sydney and performing at the State Champs, which was a big show. And it was sort of like for us a bit of a warm up because from there. We were basically getting in the truck, shooting down to Melbourne for Equitana, yep. which was the first time that we're going under the brand Double Dan's, yep. Double Dan Horsemanship. Straight away from Melbourne, we're going to get in the truck, go across the Nullarbor, so go from east to west, and then start our rehearsals and our show prep for our own produced show. Did that kind of hang over your head, always getting in the truck and we're going to do another? How long did you take to get over there? Four days. Yep. Four days. Like, that's just the massive trip. Yeah, and it's it's just, I think we didn't get a chance. We're going to talk a little bit more about it as we get yeah. into the podcast obviously yeah. but i don't think we really had a chance to go oh man we've got so much going on you know like now looking at it i know how i feel like when i've got a real busy schedule and, and most of it now is filled with with a lot of clinics not not just shows i only look at sort of the next two weeks or a month because i get a bit overwhelmed if i start looking at mm. the calendar and start seeing all that stuff and not many days mm. in between to get prepared or, or whatever it might be between doing a show a competition and a clinic it, it messed with my head. So, so back you weren't concentrating in 2010 because I don't think I don't remember it being a problem in 2010. But the deal of not having problems when you were youthful and family things yeah. like that. Well, I, well, of course, got a family, but our own kids and and I'm not married at this stage. We're going to get married. And that's the next thing. So within that little deal, five week period, we're also talking about getting married. And with that, and we'll, we'll cover it when we talk about it because we're West Australian. We're getting married in the West, but we're at the East or even in the States. So we're trying to almost get that wedding organized from afar which isn't easy either so there was some extra stress levels with that as well and if anything it was like on the back burner like the because you go in order you're like well first i've just got to do this first it was so you're saying pia did all the work she definitely did but her sister (laughs) a shout out to her sister zoe who listens to the podcast i don't know if she's got through all the episodes because she spends so much time with her kids and she has been a little bit still getting over organizing your wedding (laughs) yeah she's still sometimes a little bit worried about how many stories they learn about uncle dan because kids are only little so she doesn't want them to know too much about uncle dan just yet it's good for him uh yeah so so i don't know if she's got got up to speed yet in other news yeah you like this we're covering some news we're trending on apple Podcasts. oh hey we're in the 40s in the leisure 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 if you're american 
reckon? It's leisure. Leisure, <laughs> leisure here in Australia. <laughs> uh, the Leisure Charts, a podcast. Um, we're in the 40-something. So thank you guys for rating, cool, reviewing, yeah. and doing all the bits. Keep it coming. We're loving it. We appreciate it. Let's see if we can get into the 30s by the next episode. It'll be, be pretty exciting if we ever get to the top 10. I don't know what we'll do if we get to so the top 10. So is that like 10. top 10 of what in Australia? That one was, or, I'm well, not 100% sure 40s. now I'm thinking. It was it was, was my, it like top 10 in Katingle or? <laughs> no, <it's> not Katingle. <laughs> it was definitely Australia if not a bit further. But I'm not sure if I put our podcast because I'm the one in charge of, of getting it out there. Good. The producer. I'm not sure if I put us in the right category, leisure. I think leisure is a good place to start. Well, I thought it was, but maybe yeah. we should be in entertainment maybe. But I just sort of oh. thought there, a lot was education. I thought, well, this is a very educational yeah, You may want to pop us out of leisure. Interviews. We're not really interviews. But if you, you we know, will if be. I'm looking for a podcast. Are you going to go to leisure? No. That's what I was Might as well about. give me a Volvo, paint me beige and just stick me in a freaking brown corduroys. We're done. <sighs> yeah, I thought that. So maybe I'll change that up and, and we'll have to start on a whole new chart. <laughs> <laughs> start from the 150. Which one was it? You wanted this one? Hey. Oh, no, that wasn't really. That'll do. That'll be for, I forgot to add the sound effect um, for when I introduced you. I've got to get yeah, sharper exactly. on that. Maybe by episode like 20. Disappointed. You know. Yeah, I've got to get better at these. Warwick sent me a message when he started hearing those on the yeah. thing. He's like, what are you using? Like, how do you just have buttons you can press? He didn't know what sort of gadgets we've <laughs> got. High tech, Shilla. Yeah. High tech. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. I really know how to use Wish it. I had buttons. Yeah. Maybe one time I I'll give you. Exactly. I'll, I'll give you the, the mixing desk. Yeah, one point. It'd be like a disc. I'll yep. just be pressing buttons like no one's business. Yeah, it's going to be a great podcast, yep. folks. <laughs> so the other thing that I wanted to mention is we've got international listeners, right, from all over the world, which cool is deal. yeah, which is really good. You can get the stats on it all. But I've got a huge shout out for Ben Atkinson, the equine performer and the Liberty Horse trainer over in Europe. He, he's given us a big rap on his Instagram. He's got like a hundred and thirty or forty or fifty thousand yeah, followers. Hundred ninety something oh, I counted. Yeah, he's, he's that's awesome. Yes, I was just robbing him of a clean fifty yeah, exactly. forty odd followers. So. He, that was cool. He put it up on his um, Instagram feed and uh, mentioned that he was loving the episodes and uh, and he even messaged me just to say that, you know, with the COVID-19 situation, it's been a bit of a downer not having shows, being there summer over there. And uh, he's really enjoyed laughing along to our podcast. So thank you, Ben. That's pretty cool. We, uh, it's just nice to get a shout out from anybody saying they just enjoyed it and COVID's giving them a hard time. And yeah, so that's cool. It's hard for us because we're used to performing in front of yeah. a crowd. So you know whether you're doing well or whether you're not based on the reaction you're getting right there yeah. and then. With the podcast, we're sitting here in the studio, the two of us talking into a microphone. We've got no idea how it's receiving. So I'm finding you entertaining. Yeah, I'll find you entertaining oh, too. Thanks, buddy. We're starting off well. And <laughs> it's lucky you're two meters from me. Yeah, we, well, we have to. I'd cuddle up at this point in time, but we've got to keep to the social distancing. 1.5 minimum, which we've been doing through this Mate. throughout this whole podcast. Clean as a whistle, us. We're keeping the the, the distance here, but. I'm I'm going to sniffle yet. Neither are I. I mean, I've never felt healthier as far as a cold is concerned. Yeah. I had the flu shot as well. Oh, I'm supposed to get it. Mum keeps harping on about it because of my asthma. Get. Are they? You've got to know people who know people. I know yeah. people. I could probably My get. people know people who know people. Yeah, I could probably get it. So I'm on it. Giddy up. <laughs> He's got a little bit of Seinfeld. So uh, anyway, we'll see if we can get DJ on the line. He did He did allude to Jesse still not being well and him not being able to get on. Stinking kangaroo. But I've got a plan B. If we can't get James on straight away, I've got a plan B. Cool. For a sh- it's a short-term fix, not a long-term <laughs> fix. 
got a short-term fix. Let me just have a look if his message is in. No dice. No message as yet, and we're about right on track for the timer. No news is good news. So you know what I'm going to do with the ring him. with the deal? You, just, you reckon ring him, or should I do plan B? Let's give plan B a go, and that'll give know. James a little bit more time. You I don't know, know what, what plan, plan B, B is, so I'm, I'm gonna, less excited than you. Obviously, plan B is good. I'm going to ring my brother. He doesn't know I'm going to ring him. So he's a huge fan of the show. Happy days. Loves you. Oh, I love him. He more. did message me, and he was a little disappointed in all the Michael Jordan bashing that you've been doing. Right? I, wasn't, I wasn't bashing him. I was just mentioning nah, that he don't made. like it. He don't like it. He don't like it at all. Okay, that's the only thing that he's got bad to say about you. So I'm going to ring him up. He's got no idea. He might not even pick up yet. This could be a real dud. Let's turn him up on here. Yo. G'day. You're on the podcast. How are you, buddy? <laughs> Good man, how are you? Good, you got Kim here. Kim, say hello. Kim there. You've made Kim, the mate, how are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you going? I feel like I know you, even though I've never officially met you. <laughs> exactly. You sound like you got a cold. You got corona or what? No, no uh, a little bit. I'm coming off the corona. No cases in WA. No, no, WA. We're clean over here, mate. We don't mix with you Eastern Spaders. We were only just talking about the fact that we've both never felt any better than we've got now as far as no colds are concerned. We, we're healthy as. Well, that's because you've been stuck on your property, mate, and you haven't. Haven't been able to have anything to do with anyone else, have you? Yeah, so we feel good about it. And here you are in the, in the clean state of Western Australia and, and you sound like you've got the coronavirus. I'll tell you what did it to me. I, For the first time in 10 years, I had the flu shot this year. I thought I'd do the right thing by the community. I'll Shazam. go out and get the flu jab. Shazam, yep, I'm with you. That's what got me. Ah. So Kim's just was only, again, before we got you online, only just telling us that he's got the flu shot and that's what he was putting it down to, feeling so good. Well, I don't know that yeah, that's I'm why not- I'm feeling so good, but I'll tell you what, this will be interesting about this bloody American gig that's going on at the moment with all the uh, race riots, et cetera. That, that COVID second wave has got to be... It's like tsunami over there, I don't surely. Even, I don't think they're up to second wave. They're, they're still in the first well, wave. Exactly. Well, that wave is building. It's it's, oh. it's one of those ones. Yeah, they're going to be in a world of hurt in a couple of months. Yeah, again. When, when you're surfing and you kind of see that one, that's three or four out the back and you go, that's the big one. Yeah. And you, you get in or get psych out. yourself up you for it. You get in or get out. You're on it and you're thinking, I shouldn't have caught this. Yeah. And it's just a belt into the I don't sand. think they think, well, the people that are out well, there protesting, I'm not too sure if they're I mean, it's a really big cause that they're protesting, but still. Oh, absolutely. All right. But there is a trouble. So anyway, we've we've got you on the line, which is a bit of a surprise. Kim didn't even know I was going to get you on the line, Craig. And I've already told all the listeners have been listening now for a fair while and they understand that you're a huge Kim Hagen fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I did I did tell Kim you weren't happy with him with the whole Michael Jordan thing. Can you can you just tell Kim to back off a little bit? Uh, I think Kim you do you do need to back up on that a little bit, mate. I I think you're you're barking up the wrong tree if you're ever going to go anywhere that says that Michael Jordan's not the best athlete that's ever lived. Oh, yeah, I like it, ever lived. <laughs> ever lived. That, Huge that's yeah. You can go any sport, any, and it's not about money. It's 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 an all-round package that cannot be beat. I'm certainly – look, I'm not knocking him and saying that he's not in the top five. Oh, you then, you have to, then you have to write down four other names next to him of people that aren't as good. Oh, didn't you? Did, didn't you? Didn't he tell you about there was it? Who was the other one? The squash player or something? You were telling yeah. me. <laughs> that, that was that was hilarious. I love that. Yeah, she's a legend. So she's, no, she's, she is, she does sound like a legend. She is in the top I gotcha. five. She's in the top five. <laughs> legend. Yep. She didn't earn nearly as much, but yeah, she's in that top so five. So we've got what, three. What was others. her name again? Um, I'm going to forget her name now. This, yeah, yeah, okay. There's three other spots. So we've got two spots of the top five filled. <laughs> 
and we've got three remaining to, to hear the yeah. Kim Hagen. But there's another reason why I wanted to get you on the phone, Craig, because I've had this idea and I am throwing you under the bus, so you don't have to do it this week. But I want you to become a bit of a regular on the show and I want you to come up with your own segment. So it's going to be quick. I'm going to get you on. I mean, just okay. just to sort of you, – you come up with it. I'm not putting words in your mouth, but something that I sort of thought is maybe like bringing us some unusual fact or something that we might not know. Okay. Kim knows a lot of stuff. That is that is putting him on the spot. No, but he doesn't have to do it this week. Not this week, okay. No, no, so he's got a whole week to think about it. And yeah, yeah, no. We'll get him on the next one with this new segment. You come up with yeah, a I name. Like I, like I mean, it. you can come up with a tune. I've got buttons over here that I can learn how to press. Oh. <laughs> the first one can't be Michael Jordan. Can I have my own button? Yeah, yeah. So your button can be like your intro to your segment and we'll give it whatever name it is. We'll give it a little song or whatever. We can do that. And then and then you can um, yeah have the airways. But you will need to get probably – a better location to talk to us because it sounds like you're talking to us in the toilet. We've got that much background noise in there that we... Yeah, we've got Zumba happening upstairs. We've got Smokey and the Bandit happening in the lounge room and I put myself in the laundry. Ah, oh, that's what it sounds like. So we'll sort that out because you're obviously going to have pre-warning for next next phone. Yes, that's okay. Good. Now, mate, I'd be more than happy to do that. I'm excited Sorry. to do that. That's good I will... Um, I will put my thinking cap on during the week. I'll have a chat with you, obviously, and I will come up with some ideas. All right, well, Don't have a chat with him. He's the only one that's kind of in control around here. He knows everything <laughs> that's going on. We want you to – yeah, see, this is an insider now. We've got on our side. DJ and I have been waiting for this. It's not going to make much difference. No, it will He's make my a brother. Of, yeah, exactly. He can <laughs> sink you. Well, we'll just see about that, but I've got full – I don't know if I could sink him any more than he's already sunk himself, could I? See, that's it. He, he doesn't actually <laughs> – Craig's learning more about me by listening to this <laughs> podcast – than he's learnt over the last 30-odd years that you can make uh, it up. I've been alive. It'll seem I like can tell you some wild times of Daniel in primary school, but, you know, after that, I'm learning new stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I, just, I did just start to just eyes roll back in my head then. Well, anyway, it's been, before we get too much into the primary school days, it's been great to have you on, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, it's been fantastic. Thank you for the call. Looking forward to it. All right. See you, Craig. See you, buddy. See ya. There you go. How's that? that? seamless. You're, you're on the high-tech, buddy, multimedia over here. Oh, yeah, just got to use my phone to call whoever I want. We can get them on there. We can just start. If we can't get DJ on there, we can just go through and just randomly call people and just see who we can <laughs> chat to. See, let's see if we can get Dan James on the line. We're just going to ring him. Just bugger him. We're going to ring him. G'day, you've reached Dan James from Double Dan Horsemanship. Please leave us a text message or alternatively try us on the office number, 859. I was just I was going to leave a message. I was going to just cut off. He doesn't get his messages. He's hopeless. So there you go. You heard it here first, folks. We can't get Dan James on the line just yet. So let's skip forward and let's have a little look at my combo starters, the big conversation starters, and we can get the jump on James again. I haven't done any research as far as thinking about this. Obviously, I've written it down because it's on the run sheet. This segment is brought to you by Ash Barnett. See, she yeah. keeps she keeps messaging me some of these uh, questions. Good work, Ash. So keep them coming. All right. If horses didn't exist, what career path do you think you would have followed? Boom, boom, boom. Um, I, ca- oh, I was very close to uh, applying for physiotherapy. Oh, and, yeah, we talked about that on your episode. And 
looking at um, uh, into kind of sports physiotherapy and maybe – see, I was, I was in the wrong time. Like the option of a professional sports career came just as my illustrious sporting career came to an end. So that would have been good if it was available, like if it was today and the modern day with professional sporting. Um, yeah, it would have, would have You're thought, gonna have a crack. Thought, thought seriously about a professional sporting career. Um, what, what were your thoughts? Well, the funny thing is about this was what came to mind first – and Craig mentioned a little bit about my past in primary school that he could have probably alluded to a few primary stories. Teacher. No, certainly not. <laughs> so I wasn't the best student. I'm just going to put that out there. And uh, it's like saying Hitler was a rapscallion. Yeah, he was a little bit of a naughty <laughs> child. Um, I don't think he should be putting me in the same boat. That was a bit harsh. Maybe you're a better student than that. Yeah, well, I don't know about that so much, but I just wouldn't have put me in the same conversation. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I'm trying to just think about how I should word this with uh, my primary school. So I was getting into a little bit of trouble at times with my primary school and my deputy principal of the school. What was his name? I'm bad with names at the best of time. I can't remember school teacher. I can't remember friends from back then. So um, I almost had two lives because I wasn't into horses back then. So it's a totally different deal. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, it's really a good shout out to him because he's just a good guy. So he's brought brought me in to have a bit of a conversation about just, hey, you know, pull your head in, do the right thing. You're here anyway. Basically what he's trying to say. Oh, you're like 11? It was, yeah, anywhere between 10 and 12. It was before I went to high school. And high school back then, it's changed, yeah. but it was 13. It was um, different. Now it's 12. So he gets me in, in his office and he's trying to sit me down and have a pretty good adult conversation. He's trying to put you on the rails when you were 11. Not on the rails. I didn't <laughs> say I was off the rails. I just said- You're implying. I'm just saying that he's just trying to say, hey, you've, you can do better. That's what he was trying to do. So I wasn't applying myself, okay. Kim. Okay. So what he was trying to say is he just said, uh, do you know what you want to do when you leave school? And I was just like, Yep, straight away I said, going to leave school as soon as you can, which is year 10. So I mean, you leave school at year 10. I'm going, I'm going to, no, just, can you just wait? Intrigue. Yes, wait and you'll hear the answers. It like literally was going to be seconds away until he interrupted me. So he says. Nurse. <laughs> so he says, got nothing else? Dentist. No, none of these. I'm not smart enough. So I say to him that I'm going to leave school year 10 and get a mechanics apprenticeship. Yeah. Because, and this is a bit to do with my brother because my brother loved cars. So he's my idol. So I'm going to, I love cars too. We're you know, big Holden fans. Yeah. And I'm going to, anyway, he just, and so I said, I don't need school to get an apprenticeship. I'll be fine. I'll get an apprenticeship. Anyway, so the guy's like, oh, yep, that's good. You know what you want to do. And then he was like, well, maybe you might change your mind between now and then. And and you want to get a career that you're going to need to get, you know, further education, essentially, you know, along these lines. And, uh, and therefore that you might not have the marks or the grades to do what you want to do. And it's going to restrict you. And you don't want that, do you? And he was sort of saying, look, you're here anyway. So why don't you just do the work? And I was just so... I don't know, obnoxious is probably the best <laughs> word. And just go, no, no, I'm not. I'm going to be a mechanic. I'm going to leave. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Anybody who knows me, I'm literally the worst mechanical-minded so, person that let you, you know. touch my oh, car. Never, never. And so I was just – and that's why I laugh about it now because he was so right. No, I didn't end up needing – I did leave at year 10 and I didn't need the education maybe so much. But he was right in the fact that you're there. And this is any kids that may be listening. I'm not too sure too many kids that do listen to our podcast. But that's what I actually tell them now when I go to schools and we do talks or pony clubs or anything like that and anyone uh, at all that's probably having any trouble in school it's like exactly what he said you're there anyway so I might as well just done the work paid attention learned because so many things I've had to teach myself outside of it like I wasn't very good at reading when I left here was she brings this up all the time that uh, her little brother was a fair bit younger than her and I think when we first started going out as two younger brothers they would have been like four and six something like that mm. and so I was reading to them when they were going to bed and I, I couldn't read a picture book out yeah. loud and so now 
now, you know. It's uh, hard because they're pictures. Yeah, but there is some. Kin- I was being like trying to be a little bit yeah. serious, but. Oh, sorry. You know, like if I had some of these buttons that could put on some sort of. <laughs> Don't get testy. Soft music. No, that's what I was thinking. But anyway, I was just things like that. I've had to sort of improve myself and writing yeah. and, and like we're doing training articles and things like that. Emailing, all that sort of stuff. I've had to sort of learn as an adult, all that business stuff. So I do definitely respect the fact that that deputy principal tried to get me thinking about it a little bit more. Pity it was a little bit too late when I actually figured it out for myself. Um, but there's a shout out to Mr. Deputy Principal with no name. I could say the school. It's had a big soon. impact on you. Yeah, well, I still remember. I don't remember that much from primary school, but I do remember that conversation. So it certainly did have an impact on me. It just was more about how I was going to prove him wrong and be a mechanic. And we know, <laughs> we know how that story still ends. Time. So trying to get back to the deal, I as I wrote it, I sort of thought about it and, and I liked anything, you know, a bit creative. And I often even just ads, like when I look at how ads both television, print, I'm like, how did, where did the idea come from? You know, especially creative, you know, when they really like out there. Yeah, but they're so polarizing. I look at some of the ads and think, honestly, a marketing team has come up with this concept. What a pack of losers. They should be shot. There's like, there, there are products I that I could be I, one of them. But there are products that I That's will not say. buy because <laughs> the ads have pissed me off so much. Yeah, but I'm not. I'll make I'll, a point. No, I'm, I just dog it about it. I'm like, I'll never buy chicken tonight. Really? Yeah. But how because successful that's, that's, is that ad though? I know, but it-, it Everyone's singing it. Not with chicken me. Chicken tonight. Give me the shits. Chicken. Same with those Sakata ads. They annoyed the hell out of me. But then you get a really cool ad and it's just like, yeah, that's uh, he's really, really clever well, there. Well, anyway, I, that's that's what I'm sort of- Some of the stuff I get into, where those ideas come from. And, and part of what I enjoy about what we do in the horse deal is no two days are the same. Like it's just horses are forever changing. You, you're starting new horses. For me, I love the variety between clinics, shows, training outside horses, competing, yep. you know, maybe selling horses, breeding horses. Even though that maybe we're in the equestrian game, it's still so broad. And so I don't think at all, I don't think, I know, I couldn't do a job that is exactly the same every day, drive to work, same location, mm. do the same job, turn around, come home. That nah, wouldn't, wouldn't suit me. So where I think like, that's why I think the ads is like, well, you once you've done one ad, we can do another. And it's going to be a whole new idea. You don't want to do the same thing. But that also leads me into television and movies and things like that. Like I enjoy anything creative. Like mm. I even think about the audio. I think about the visual. I, like, I think about the guys that do the costumes and, you know, the directors, the writers. Like when they write some of that stuff, it doesn't even actually have to be like I laugh more than Pierre does when we watch some of the TV shows or movies. And and, she, and I'm like, just not on the fact that maybe it was so funny, but I'm just thinking it was so different. Like how, mm. how do they come up with that idea, that little quirky joke? I'll yeah. laugh more, not at the joke, but at the premise of how it got created. Yeah. And so that I could see myself quite enjoying that, like going into a writer's room with all that creative minds and, and, and I'd always did enjoy art at school. So I know I've gone a little bit deep here, but we do need to stretch this out because I'm trying to get- terrible to, at art. Dan James. Yeah, well, I did- I hate it. I did a, a little bit. Like I don't, um, you know, get too much on sort of the more painting and things like that. I did a little bit of drawing when I was a kid, but just drama, that sort of stuff. Like I enjoyed um, that sort of creativity more so when I think about art. You know, I'm not going to say I was doing sculptures or anything like that. Did you did you often take the piss out of teachers and sit there being an annoying shit in school? Yes. Yeah, and, so and, and, you know, 
smart ass calls. I tried to think I was charming more than anything. I got a lot of teachers <laughs> that call me charming. So uh, I try to do it in a different creativity, you know, use that creative side and just. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we spent, I, I enjoyed a lot of our teachers and spent a lot of time just kind of, you know, not, not, not being derogatory to them, but just making quick smart ass remarks with them. And that got me into a lot of trouble. Yeah, well. I found, I found it, yeah, y- standard yeah. reports. They either like it or they don't. Well, they? Some, some teachers I used to, you know, they'd, they'd sort of embrace me a little bit and then others certainly yeah. probably didn't have the time for me. Yeah. But that's something that I have certainly appreciated, like in hindsight about school, is those better teachers, they stand yeah. out. Like when oh, you're at, When you're at school, they don't. In my mind, they didn't anyway. Certainly it was just like I didn't do enough of schooling when I was mature enough. But that was just like teachers are teachers, you know, throw, throw them no. under the same bus. No, there's definitely but in hindsight, good I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, it's, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And ones that make a connection. Oh, yeah. That just have it's like that horse ability. trainers. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. anything. You learn from anybody if you've got a decent connection with them. Yeah. So that was um, something that uh, that I reminisce a bit on anyways is those teachers. That's That was the first conversation starter and we'll have to get Dan James back on and get mm. him to answer it. The second one is, is a little bit funny and it's going to be a quick answer. Would you rather have legs as long as your fingers or fingers as long as your legs? <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that? Yeah. Do you want me to repeat it? Would oh. you rather have legs as long as your fingers or fingers as long as your legs? Well, I think you'd have fingers as long as your legs, but... Really? Yeah, but see that... I that, guess so. That would end like up with thing, a lot of injuries. Things going to be awkward, eh? A lot of injuries. You'd be you'd be about the best masseuse. You could scratch any itch anywhere on any person within a metre and a half. You could pick a nose like no one's business. Um, but as I say, you, you don't want to shut too many gates or tie ropes on horses because awkward be as busting fingers driving, left, right, and center. Driving, yeah, driving would be terrible. You'd have I mean. to be because you'd have been in such a position. The well, same just driving with legs as long as your fingers, you'd be sitting on the floor. It's a crazy, <laughs> it's a crazy world we'd live in. But if that's how you were born. If this is how all humans were, we, we wouldn't know any different. But of course, now we're like looking at that going, that's absurd. But that could have been reality. Could have just been the extremes. But I've broken broken my leg before, and not being able to walk around is awfully debilitating. And I would imagine that legs as long as my fingers would take me almost as long to get about. Yeah. So I'm going with the long fingers. I'm going to pick that too, to be honest, because of just your answer. You just shed so much light on it. Well, that you really couldn't go the other way. Is each digit each each um, joint equi distant see like a horse a horse from the carpus or the knee down yeah don't use big words sorry so from the front leg what you'd call the knee on the front leg that's your wrist yeah yeah i get you yeah so i'm saying then they've got those you know the the cannon bones a lot longer than the other bones yeah so are they all the same or Uh, it just sort of i'm not going to get it's let's just go overall (laughs) distance whatever your leg is your finger is going to be that long kind of like an elephant i don't know where they're going to bend i don't know what the is that what you're talking about because you're only still going to have the same amount of joints as you got in your hand, right? So you need to have your knuckle on. Same thickness, or is they as thick as my legs? No, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking thin. That'd be a hell thing to carry around. No, I'm thinking thin. I'm thinking that thin like fingers, but long like legs. Because if they're as thick as my legs, it's just really like a hell of a right now. We, I could be just yeah. touching the top of your head from this two meter distance over here, but my legs aren't two meters anyway, so that rules that out. I have to stretch my. I guess I got my arm too. Arms. 
Yeah, so I know that gives everybody and listeners out there something to think about. And if you're uh, at work or anything like that, you might just want to ask one of your co-workers, see what their thoughts are, and they'll exactly. also wonder what the hell you've been uh, yeah. thinking about while you should be thinking about work. Let's do it again. Let's let's try to call Dan and see how we go. G'day, you've reached Dan James from Double Dan Horsemanship. Please leave it. I beg to differ. I feel we haven't reached him. Yeah, we've reached his phone. Maybe reached. if I listen to it longer, or say. But yeah, everyone. The messages on some people's phones can be quite comical whether it's like literal or they're actually trying to be funny yeah or sometimes they catch you out you know where they're like the ones with music when you ring somebody oh. and it just starts on music that is annoying yeah all right so we don't get him on there we we're just gonna have to get rolling he see. might be in a demonstration over there placard might be busy looting as far as i know lexington isn't on the news for yeah, it, louisville's louisville's I've, active yes i was gonna say but kentucky as a state louisville's gone crazy well every every major city in each state has gone nuts yeah and and I don't know that violence is the answer. Not like from from the the police and the and Trump's point of view, you know, he's just threatening more and more violence. It's like surely you got to sit down at a table and discuss this and work it out because they've got a they've pretty got legitimate it's, bloody problem. It's not the first time, so they've got to change it. There needs to be education. You know, I know that over there in the states, we're getting a little off topic off the horse stuff, but you know, the, the police are like really underpaid. So all of a sudden, you're not you need a lot of police too. You know, you've got a huge population. You're not going to always have the best candidates available when you're not putting the resources into it so there's one problem right there you know you're thinking you know because it is a minority no matter how you look at it for what we see and i know it's common and it's frequent that these things happen over there but still the minority it's not all cops are going around doing this sort of stuff right oh the minority of the cops being yes. problems yes yep so we well, hope so but well, it's, it has just, to be. it's obviously it's, a, a culture that's but, ingrained enough that it's a massive so problem. there needs to be yes a bit of a change in in that side of things as far as education is concerned to, to the police officers and tactics and and money and resources and that's what trump needs to be doing he needs to be getting a think tank together that's how i look at it anyway mm. and, and showing that's what he's doing saying yes we've got a problem admitting it for a start yeah um it's not all police you know it, it is a minority and it also goes back the other way is that you know the people and society don't respect police enough either and we have that same problem here in australia where the police aren't getting the respect that, that they should and mm. that they deserve and and now it's even getting worse because of cameras and everything else mm. all of a sudden is we're all like oh you can't do that you can't do that you know so i remember it was because i went to school just as a changeover about you know being able to to smack or use the cane yeah. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, hello, you can't do that. You can't yeah. grab them by the arm and you can't. And I'm not saying that's necessarily how we have to go, but changes dynamics completely. There's a similarity with Ari in a show. Show smart. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there you go. I like how you brought it back to yeah, the horses. There you go. I mean, it's. I was saying to our kids the other day, you know, when it was first starting, so it had been going for a day or two, and, and I sat them down to, to watch the news and kind of we chatted about Tiananmen Square and Rodney King, obviously, and kind of said, you know, th- these are big moments in history. You've got to pay attention to what's going on and, and really kind of tune in because this is big and it's only getting bigger. So hopefully they find a resolution soon. Yeah, did you watch the video, by the way, of Floyd of the... No, I haven't seen it. I've only seen the I, kind of shorts on the news and I sure that's all I'd looked at is the snippets because it's hard to watch yeah apparently it's pretty disturbing yeah like I would I only saw some something online I thought oh, I just I, I ignored it I ignored it I, you know you got the gist of it from watching the news yeah and then I then I played it and I thought oh, I want to see I want to see what they're talking about and it was two minutes out of eight minutes so it's just showing little bits and oh tough to watch like, well the, the only extra bit I saw which is actually on the news tonight was a very short snippet where he's made 
mate who I think may have even been videoing said, or the bloke who was videoing, yeah, I don't think he had said, with um, he was saying he's not breathing. Yeah. And there was no change in the police. They didn't look around. They didn't kind of think, oh, maybe they just ignored him. Yeah, because he was doing a lot of talking. I didn't, I didn't get to that point. I couldn't watch. That was the only. That was the only. It was that was literally that snippet. And uh, and and what and watching what I did watch was he was quite vocal early on about how it was, and and I get some of it. You know, obviously he did um, resist arrest, and he was being difficult and everything else. And so he's probably probably was chatting a bit. When somebody's saying they can't breathe, but they're talking, maybe some parts of him goes. But then when he goes quiet like that, and he, like he said, and and somebody else, a bystander's been able to pick up mm. on the fact that he's not breathing. Again, bring it back to horses. I don't think he's a horse trainer. No. Because his observation skills are missed some timing. Fairly minimal. Yeah. It's just uh, it was tough to watch yeah. and it was quite disgusting and left me feeling sick to yeah. be quite frank. So let's move on for this. We're moving on. Let's move on. So I was gonna ask James a little bit about see what he was up to. Then I was gonna sort of tell him a little bit about what I've been up to. Being the fact that on the weekend it was Piers' birthday, and I know you already sort of know this. We went camping and stayed at a friend's farm. Little Tom fell off, please. Oh no. Broke his arm. Oh true. Yeah. He didn't give me that piece of information. Yes. Or Tommy. So first thing, first so we get there Friday night. So I was gonna say when did it happen? Yeah, we get there Friday night, Piers' birthday Saturday. Saturday morning, wake up, you know, kids are pretty excited, jumping on, on bed, waking us up, mum's birthday, do the present things, cook yeah. breakfast. It's probably what'd, about eight thirty. What'd you get her? Uh some camping gear because we're camping. Funnily enough. Romantic. Yeah, I know, absolutely. Nice. <laughs> you wanna know what she got me for my birthday? Uh I do know a a uh, vacuum cleaner. Yeah, so that's how romantic. <laughs> so that's, it was like a retort. You just got back at a little it, bit. Square up. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we did all that, the, did the big deal and had breakfast. It's probably about eight thirty. And you cook Bracky? Yep. What'd you cook? Campfire, bacon Campfire, eggs. Campfire, bacon eggs, happy yeah, days. Yeah. Yep. Carry yep. on. And um he wants to ride. He's just excited about riding. And early days, not interested in horses. I mean, he's only three, about to be four. Zara's the horse one, and you're like, oh yeah, that's probably makes sense. But he now wants to ride and rides longer than, than Zara does. So he's first up, get up on the pony, just bareback. That's how keen he is. Want to get going. Mum's leading. It's a camp draft arena and it's got black rubber, not to the ground, and there's cattle on the other side of the fence. They run up, he can't see him, just hear him. So the horse just shied straight off the bat. Little pony. Why don't you get him a broke horse? Yeah, exactly what mm. I was thinking. Arm goes out, falls on his arm, screams straight away. But as you know, with little kids, they scream yeah. over everything. So uh, we don't know what's going on. Ignore it. So, <laughs> so it's his arm. We, we get him calmed down. I take him back into the caravan and, you know, get him relaxed and leave him alone. And This is the bit I'm interested in. How long before you went to hospital? Lunchtime. <laughs> Lunchtime. We made it lunchtime, and you've ignored the screams for a while. It's like, <laughs> Tommy, you know, it's it's bound to be a bit sore, mate. You fell off a massive pony. Just bear with us. Dad's busy. Bub's birthday. Drag the chain. Yeah, no, it wasn't like that at all. It was he was very good about it, and he just wasn't using his arm. But he's staying quiet. He's right. happy. Then he didn't want to go so to the doctor. Slapped him every time he said, "Dad, my hand hurts." <laughs> He, he also didn't want to go to the doctor. So you got to listen to the three-year-old. Mm, but um, but I said, I'll take you. And at lunchtime, he says to me, he actually says, I don't want you to take me to the doctor. So I take him in. And luckily we had a car there as well because we can't all fit in the truck. So jump in the car, go to Baraba and take him to the hospital at Baraba. Huge shout out. Great, great mob of people there. Good Get in dogs. real easy. Do the coronavirus check. Pass that. Go in. Not not swabs. Nah, just just, yeah, just, just all have it. you been coughing? And yeah, heaps of questions. Yeah, happy does. Yep. And then it was like same as above a little fella. And we 
go in there. Doctor looks at his arm and straight away says it's broken. But then when Tom gets a bit distracted. Was he Superman? X-ray vision. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just did a couple of little small tests. Then when Tom got distracted. <laughs> Bent his arm. To, oh, that hurts. Flapping it around. Yeah. Look, he's, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Thanks. then when Tom gets distracted, he then says, no, nah, maybe not. Could be just a sprained ligament. But he said, we don't do small country towns. Is there kryptonite nearby? We don't. Not that I know of. So his X-ray vision was failing. <laughs> yes. Aww. So he says on Tuesday it will be working again and that's when they do X-rays and this is a Saturday morning. So he said, but anyway, I'll put plaster on it, do a little splint type deal. They'd only do the same thing if you went in a, yeah. into ta- town or Tamworth and um, get him checked out by a doctor on Monday. So we do that. Tom's not real sure about this guy and we're doing the whole bit and Tom does a couple of little coughs, coughs, coughs and a tiny little bit of spew comes out of his mouth. Not much. Ooh. And I said, Tom, are you feeling all right? You good? Yeah, yeah no, good. Are you going to be sick? Uh, <laughs> not now. Yes. Not Only now. in a second. <laughs> yeah, so a bit of a spew in there. So I don't know how worked up he was about it or anything. So we've had to clean him up. We put this little cast on, in and out within whatever an hour. Back on the road, back there. And he's a little trooper. All good. So we're talking green stick. No, nothing. Fracture. Nothing? Uh, is there a broken arm? Oh, what's a green stick? I thought you meant green stick is the... Green stick fracture. It's You imagine breaking a green stick. It doesn't go snap. Yeah, Pierce like said a- something about that. I always think green stick is in the um, pain relief. Oh, the whistle. Yeah, we call that the green stick. No, it's a whistle. Green whistle. It's a, it's a whistle. Yeah, it looks like a stick to us. But anyway, so... <laughs> it's just a yes, type it of, of it is, almost it is, it non-displaced... It was, because I did, now you yeah. said it, I do believe yeah. Pierce said that. So it's like non, a non-displaced fracture non-displaced. and it's just a little crack and it... Yeah. Yeah, because they've got soggy little bones. So yeah, Thursday he goes in for the real cast and, and getting that all done. So it's been confirmed. It's been Thursday. x-ray. Yes, so out tomorrow. Yeah, wow. So he's... Um, it's so all, he's got a back slab thing on it anyway. He's got a little... Yeah, and he's using his hand. He rode on Sunday. Uh, bother. Yeah. So Didn't bother. One of our boys broke his arm and um they put a cast on him and he had the swimming carnival two days later, so we took it off and put a um bit of a winged keel on him, put the old um fiberglass cast on him for the uh, swimming carnival, mm. went like a champion, set a few records. There was minor dispute about the uh you know, the winged keel effect and um whether he had advantage there, but uh, he made it a big paddle, but then he would have just been going one he would kept <laughs> running into the barrier ropes. Not true. I had a swimming coach who was um one armed. And she swam really well in a straight line. Did butterfly and everything. One arm. True Get story. out of here. Yeah, true story. Get out of here. True. true. I don't know if I can believe you. <laughs> no, that's, that's one of the things when people, you know, like the old so she didn't go, just swim in circles. People go, are you being serious? And you say, is the Pope a Catholic? And, then, <laughs> and, then, and the other one is, does a one arm swimmer swim around in circles? <laughs> well, apparently. The answer is no. Apparently no. Exactly. All right. Well, I'll take your word for it. The other thing we've got coming up here is we're going to have our first clinics. So if he needs to swim, I'm the man for his cast. Okay. Fix it. All right. Yeah, oh. Sorry. Clinics. Yep. Got my first clinic this weekend here at home. Which what is it? Breaker? Liberty. Liberty. So two-day Liberty Clinic, which is the first one since the lockdown. So I wanted to bring that up on the podcast, which is exciting news. Things are changing here yeah. in Australia and hopefully everything stays on the up and up. We're also going to talk about breaking news, which is the Carol Baskin has been awarded Joe Exotic's Tiger Park. <laughs> so they're taking it from the supervillain, Jeff Lowe. So Jeff Lowe, who's yeah, yeah, yeah. taken it off Joe, right, who signed it over to him and obviously then got stitched up. He's now losing it. So she's going to get the farm. 120 days they have to get all the animals off. He, she also gets – I looked it up for this because I heard it. 
thought it might have been fake news. So I actually, I only saw the headline, but I didn't it read anything true. about I got, it. I went, I went and checked but it why out. Why is she getting his farm? You might have had your day nap. She sued him and won, and he never paid the money. It's a million odd dollars. Oh, okay. And um, and what he did because he knew he was also going a bit bankrupt with some other stuff. He signed his rent, the ranch or whatever you call it, the park yeah. to his mum. He's not the business executive that we thought he was. No, no. Right. So signed it over to the mum, and then the mum also admitted in court that they did that so that it couldn't be taken, yeah. which, you know, that's not legal. Yeah, we wanted to do that before it got... But then it got sp- turned around and they and they did it again. Um, he was paying her back very slowly. Um, so he was doing that in that in the episode, you notice, he, there was talk of that. He was like giving five grand here yeah. or there, but it was like a million dollar yeah. settlement. It's going to take a long time paying like that and then stop paying, then try to get it killed. He'll be filthy in his little cell. Well, he's actually making a bit of money, but no, because he already lost the park anyway. Yes, he's losing it. Any wind to Carol Baskin. Yeah, I know. He'd be just beside He would, himself. but I don't think he's a big fan of Jeff Lowe, who's got the park now. Well, exactly. And he's been yeah. back on the TV saying, because they reopened the park, he's done it up, so he's put some money yeah, okay. into it. He's got a young partner who had a baby. It was all on the all on the Aftermake show that they put they together. they got new staff, or did they keep the same staff? Some are there, and some have gone. What would you dispense with the winning? <laughs> well, <laughs> I just think it depended who they were loyal to, to be honest, <laughs> whether they stayed or yeah. didn't. So that's a bit of a, a twist in the yeah. in the case, and then of course if they reopen whether she killed her husband, that'll be a whole new deal, and and it's just going to be interesting that she did get the win, and what is she going to do with it? Who's going to get it when she's convicted of murder? Yeah, that's the other side of things, but yeah, that was a, a deal. The other little thing about it is they brought out some t-shirts, so he signed a deal <laughs> with somebody and brought out some Joe Exotic t-shirts, sold out in like ten minutes online yeah. or something. So yeah. I think he made a bit of money off that. I don't know what his deal was because we clearly I mean, did you see the town. Carol, just kind of out towards Gunnada, between Tamworth and Gunnada. There's a little town called Carol. No. And even it cashed in it. it really? The sign yeah. out the front that said, Seriously. you are entering Carol, became Carol Baskin. Somebody put it on there. Yeah, somebody, somebody straight on it. That's good. Stink on a monkey. Good deal. So we're going through, we're going to have to just get started if we can't get James on here. We'll try one more time and then we'll just have to wave text. Should leave a message. G'day, you've reached Dan James from Double Dan Horsemanship. Please leave us a text message or alternatively try us on the office number. 859 Okay, let's right get... Right. 2010, give me more. Into the last... Eight third. weeks of tumultuous 2010 finish. Well, like I, I mentioned at the start, we flew back in late October from the States. Within two weeks, we get our horses out and ready to perform for the Dressage Championships at Sydney or... So just for the entertainment. Yeah, not doing... Dress, good. Yeah, not, I like how yeah, you brought yeah, that up to the entertainment there. Because I was thinking, you know, white spandex, here we go again, DJ. Uh, it's coming out here in a minute. The tall boots. So it's at SIAC, and for the listeners that don't know... Sayak, that's where the actual Olympics um, were held for the equestrian side in 2000 for, for Sydney, which is just a little side note. So it's a quite a, a pretty nice uh, establishment and pretty exciting.
exciting to get invited there. And, and this is well, still early on, so it was a, yeah. a big deal. It was a full house in there. There were people standing. like So they had all oh, the right. seats filled. They had VIPs. They were standing at the back. It was off a big year. Dressage was really successful in 2010. Um, Brett Parbury at the World Equestrian Games at that point was the, the highest-placed rider ever. I think he got like seventh maybe. Yeah, wow. Um, and still hasn't been beaten in for Australia in Good terms. Good work, Parbs. Yep. So we're going to get him on the podcast when we, Top fella. when we get in there. He's absolutely – he's got a great story. So anyway, we – and like you alluded to, did entertainment there. We did, we did two acts. So the, the first act I'm going to talk about, um, it's where really the, the Dan and Dan show started to evolve. So you know how we talked a lot in those earlier podcasts about it would be Ari as the stallion, Dan riding him bareback and bridleless, yep. and double image coming in and sitting on the beanbag. Yeah. So now we've got a nuts. few more. Yeah, that was one show. And, and it didn't kick me. It just grazed. Snapped you. Grazed. <laughs> Significant grazing. Yes. So the the act starts to change now. It gets a little bit more difficult. And I've got my mare Casey. Uh, I'd ride her out bareback and bridleless cracking a whip to some music and then I'd do a lap or two I'd stop by the beanbag I'd whistle double image come in he would sit on the beanbag then I'd take him off the beanbag I might rear him up and then I'd partner those two up and do a little bit of a routine together and then Dan would come out with Amelia and Apollo on the ground and he would work those on the ground and I'd be riding uh, Casey and working double image and then they'd both sit on the beanbag they'd both lay down at, at some point um, in the act I'd sit the two of them on the ground so I'd have a mare and a stallion sitting not on the ground sorry on the beanbag Pierre would bring Bobby out we talked about him the jumper and he would jump between them and you know he'd rear up and then he would bow and then he would go out and then also it would then change over to Dan Roman riding so then he would build to hopping up Roman riding and yeah. this is the start of Liberty Roman riding as well so 2010 towards the end of 2010 you guys are pulling out all the stunts this is these this are a big yeah. so it takes for us a bit more preparation is where I'm trying to get to but yeah. it's the first of him doing the big shows without he would do the pads no pads no bridles nothing and then uh during the act, would hold up a, a a pole, and the horses would go under it. He would jump over it while standing on their backs. So um, a pretty good, pretty good deal, pretty big, right? Yeah. That wasn't even our best act for the night. I'm going to tell you about the second act. <laughs> so that's where. So that's just the first show. That was the first show. James messaged us, "Hey mate, sorry, been another rough night. Um, try and call him about ten minutes. Looting, yep. burning. So <laughs> not sure I should be reading this text out loud. Yeah. Like I said, that wasn't even the the best act we did. And it was a big deal. We pulled it off. It was great. And I remember getting Come on. Second act. Second act. So the second act involves a donkey. Yeah. This is classic. And it was, we'd done it one other time, but not as well as this. This was the best one we've done. And we had to get, we don't have a donkey. We get this pretty little donkey from the donkey sanctuary and loaned it. It was- What donkey sanctuary? There's a donkey sanctuary just outside of Sydney. Looking after donkeys. Unwanted donkeys. Yeah. So it's not a site. Not a site. So it's a pinto one. It's a white and brown, more white and buckskin. Pretty. Right We've up. got a photo. We'll put it up on the Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Pretty donkey. Yeah. So we get her. Anyway, the gag is, is I get to the commentator. And so Dan's back of house. I go out to the commentator and say, we've got a late entry for the Grand Prix freestyle. He's like, perfect. What do you got? I said, I've got this horse imported from Germany. And we made up this huge name. Yeah. Ridiculously long name. Dan James has got the ride on it. He's going to come out and it's going to be its first competition here on Australian soil. And of course, the commentator's like, yeah, awesome. Can't wait to see it. And then, uh, and this thing's not really broken in, right? We've, we've, 
we've had it for a few days, but it's not really broken in as such. And so Dan calls out, he's on the mic and he's like, Dan, I need you. I need you to come out here. Come out. And I'm like, mate, everybody's waiting for you. Like you come in, yeah. not me come out. And so we're doing this banter where they can't see him, but they can hear him. And he's like, this horse is too big. I can't get on it. I'm going to need a leg up. You need to come out here. So I go out and bring in the pony with Dan riding it. And nice. Dan's got the, the tall boots, the white jotties, the jacket. Feeling right at home. Top hat. Ooh. He loves it. Nice. So he's got that gear on. I lead this pony out and crowd's laughing because they don't obviously know what's going to happen. Commentator's like, and he's a, he's quite a famous commentator, been on the on the Channel 7 TV. I can't remember his name, but he was, he was yeah, quite, quite a very good announcer and well-respected. No, it wasn't, wasn't Bruce. It wasn't Bruce. I wouldn't oh, remember Bruce. You would have remembered Bruce. It wasn't Bruce. Fantastic. Yes. All right. So Inspirational. We're already getting on, we're already getting on here. Let me, <laughs> Sorry. Let, me, let, me, let me keep going here. And so he says, no, you can't, you can't come in. And we said, no, this donkey can he's do- Is serious? Or is he part of the gig? It's part of the gig. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I should have left that. I should have left people thinking. But as we had him jam, he's like, no, it's a disgrace. You, you know, it's an embarrassment. You're disrespecting the sport. Like we had him. He was he was doing a good job. We said, my, you know, James says, my donkey can do any of those manoeuvres that are required for the Grand Prix. And he's like, all right, well, show us. He says, well, you name the manoeuvre, he'll do it. So the commentator goes, piaf. Right? Dan's sitting on the donkey and he's holding a, 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 a driving whip. Right? He, he smacks me on the top of the head and he says donkey piaf and I start <laughs> piafing on the spot everyone's laughing and just having a wow and we're thinking this is the the b act you know like the first act's the main yeah. act we're getting way better response with the, with the b act and uh, everyone's laughing and, and the guy's going, all right, you've had your laugh. Now get out of here. And then he's like, you know, passage. And Dan's doing passage. And I'm just, all I'm doing is leading this donkey around and I'm acting like a fool, doing Spanish walk, passage, PRF, and all these manoeuvres. Did you and, know them all? Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm oh, all over it. Dressage from way Doing big extended trots. So finally the, the commentator and, and we agree that we're going to leave. So I say, I say I'm going to do extension the, the, all the way out. And we've done some big salute and bow and stuff. And so That's I, the picture. That's the one That's everybody was saying. Yeah. yeah, and so I start doing this extended trot, and we we had a series of these photos, but I don't have them anymore. I've still got that other one, but I'm like doing this. I've got my hat in my hand, and I'm doing this ex- big extended run. And the donkey, because they don't lead too well away from home, but they lead exceptionally well back home. Back home. So this donkey's like, as I turn around, because I'm going out the out gate, his the donkey's a fair bit behind me, and each series of these photos the donkey's like now closer to me he's now right behind me it's now on the side it's now a length in front of me <laughs> and then it's getting to the point that I'm a length behind it getting dragged starting to ski starting to ski and James is on backwards that was a part of the gag he turned around backwards he falls off and hits the dirt right at the end he's in the dirt he's got all the white on he's like it's not deliberate <laughs> And I've got, I can't stop this donkey. And I've gone out <laughs> the arena, I'm skiing, I'm still holding on to it. And it was literally supposed to be the next event that we were warming up for, warming the crowd up for, was the freestyle, the Grand Prix freestyle dress. Nice. All those horses are out there. This donkey goes <laughs> 90 right in front of him, turns the corner, 90 degree bend, and it is going. And I'll get it stopped about, I don't know how, 50 metres, 80 metres from <laughs> so the back of the side. best friend of a dozen freestyle riders. Yeah, a bunch of them just spin out. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, um, and and carry on like a pork chop. But a lot of them were laughing about it. They they um, Heath Ryan was one of them. He was cacking it, just cacking it. But his horse spooked as bad as any of them. Yeah. What I had written down, not only about that act being funny, was my question was going to be to James. Was like, how does he let me talk him into this sort of stuff? Like, no, nah, that's comedy gold. It is comedy gold. But then it was never a decision or a question about who was going to do which part. It was like he was going to ride. I was going to do the leading part. <laughs> Like you'd think that in a democracy we should at least either A vote or to flog B, you with a whip, he'd be happy with that. Or B in it or B at least rock, paper, scissors. No. But we didn't. That was just like I'm gonna do the talking part. Like that's where pretty much all the roles used to go. It was yeah. if there was more talking, more writing, he'd do the more writing, I'd do the more yeah. more talking part. Yeah. Unless it was fifty fifty, it was going that way. So I, I would but I've never really given him that option because it's just how it is. I'd love to I'll remember, I'm gonna circle that. So, so the opportunities to ride a um donkey in a uh, you know, what was it? State dressage freestyle championship. No, national. Mate. National. Come on, it was national. Happy days. You know, he just wanted that opportunity. How did he score in the end anyway? Well, the arena he fell just, off outside the arena, it's still, the, he should have got a score. The arena just erupted. Yeah. We could him. So Dan then got up, dusted himself off. He did something comical like a funny dust off and ran out. And then we met up outside. <laughs> I, I still can't remember a roar as good as we got that night. Yeah, like wow. from outside, we were out there and it didn't stop for ages. Yeah. It was just, and people come walking down that knew us to sort of like that was the best act we've ever seen from you guys but is that sad that you've you've put out all the yep. good goodies in it's, the first one it's what we come to expect now but yeah. that was but then 2010 that wasn't that wasn't what we had done before, previously we'd done it a half-assed one because it was just by chance that's how we got the idea up here at tamworth when we didn't live here we did there was some show was it like t10 or something like that yep. yeah yeah that, that show and like 2010 ross green said i've got a donkey and they're playing horseball horseball was new yeah and he gave us a donkey to do horseball and then i think we used it for because it laid down or something but it didn't really in the show <laughs> and we used it small issue we did use it for two half and that's what gave us the idea because we needed two acts for um i didn't act in that t10 i don't remember yeah thanks pal didn't stick around and watch i don't know i didn't act where it was actually one of the first times i ever sang on a horse and and was silly buggers and i changed the words to um the toby keith song i, I ain't as good as i once was and I changed the, the whole song to He Ain't As Big As He Once Was and it was a song about washing your horses in hot water too much and how they can shrink yep. and so I rode this black horse in and he was about a 14, 3, 15 hand black uh, I think an Arab and I was playing the guitar and singing away about you know be careful how you clean your horses and blah 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 and then the lights go out and out goes the big horse and in comes the little horse and the lights go back on 30 seconds later and I'm sitting on our little 8.5 hand pony and I said to the, the guys, like, the, the comedy will come because this horse will buck me off. Yeah. And sure enough, next we're, we're into the chorus and we're trotting and we're cantering. <laughs> and I've bailed out as he's kicked the heels up as he made his way out of the arena. So, ah, it was a bit of fun. We, bit of fun. we would have watched it if we would have had the opportunity. We were probably getting oh, ready for our so own So you didn't act. even recall. <laughs> We wouldn't. We didn't honestly because we yeah. would have been. It would have been a changeover of what we were getting ready for, and and we worked for Heath then too. We did some stuff for Heath in that show, yeah. so he would have had us had the whips cracking. Well, I remember at the start of this act, I think people thought I was serious, and when I started singing away, there was kind of people going, "Oh, come on, come on!" And I'm thinking, crowd's going good. That might have been me. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, no, by the end of it, it was good reception, so it was good. So so that was our our big deal from being pretty underprepared, but also. 
also were pretty excited because that was a check. That was one of our first paydays. Yeah, wow. And I remember we sort of went straight to the office. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you hear that through there, but it'll knock on the wall. It was like, <clears throat> put the hand out, like, pay, pay. We did the show now. Pay me, please. Which we would we used to quite do frequently. Fuel money. We weren't really that organized with invoicing and the rest of it back then. So I was like, yeah, we need to get paid because we need this money to get to the next show. <laughs> And uh, the next show was Equitana, which I talked about again at the top of the show, yep. or the episode, about the 2010 Equitana. So we drive down there, and just for the listeners, it's a it's a two-day drive. It's the first time that we're representing Double Dance down there. We, we get a booth, and we're selling some stuff. And this is what I thought was funny, because I've gone back through the photos, and I get to reminisce. We had three items to sell in our three-by-three-meter booth. It was one training DVD, one poster, and one calendar. Now, we also show, sold a show bag where you could get all three for a discount. Huge. Double Dan's are just broadening out into franchising. This is your marketing coming back in. Merchandise. Yeah. yeah. Look at you go. So that was a big deal. And and we, we get we get all that stuff. We get ourselves organized. We take, uh, from memory, it was like, oh, seven horses. We took Casey down there. We took Please the Pony down there. We took um, Double Image. We took Bobby the Jumping Horse. Ari Dan, James the Stallion. We took Apollo and Amelia. So we had a pretty big team representing and, I, and and when I was writing that down I was like well please that might have been his first show so a little pony that we just talked about how old was he uh, well he's always sort of been the same age as Ari because we got him a little bit older but we, we got him I can't think of anywhere else that we took him and he took a long time to wrangle and he became a big part of sh- the show the following year the following yeah. year you see him at every show yeah. when I'm going through the Facebook stuff so I think that that part was his we, we did use him in the Perth show which we'll talk about later and I think maybe that Melbourne Katana might have been his big debut, which is, um, you know, pretty significant that people that know our shows here in Australia would have certainly yeah. come across Please the Miniature Pony, who's quite famous. He's got a good video, which I'll have to share online about uh, a secret training session. I won't give too much away. Where he's training your child to have a broken arm. Yeah, he's an outlaw, a yeah. outlaw, but no, no. It wasn't so much about that, Kim. It was actually much before I was even thinking about children, to be honest. But anyway, going back, I want to go back to this DVD. When I thought about this, this is the one you have for sale. The first DVD that we come out with, yep. right, which we don't sell any longer, Ambitious comes to mind because we came home with two weeks to get ready to sort of get on the road. We produced that DVD when we got home because we're like, we need yeah, this wow. DVD. So we had a professional videographer come up to do the videoing. And then Dan and I, I mean, we we hatched this Down thing out. Raymond Terrace. Raymond Terrace. And at home, so we didn't go anywhere. We did it there and we did everything in this DVD. We did groundwork, desensitization. We did long raining. We did body control under saddle. I mean, we just chucked everything in there and it was like a two and a half hour video. And then we edited it ourselves. So <laughs> we took some time to do that. It got down to the point that I actually had to drive the master copy to Sydney to get the to get the time. Like it wasn't trusted to put it in the post that we wouldn't get the finished product back in time uh-huh. to get a thousand copies. And all we're thinking is like a thousand copies. If we sell them for this much, we're going to make that much. So like, we've got to get this thing done like because yeah. the money thing was so important. We need that money to then use also to go to the Perth show as well like everything we're, yeah. you know you're using one bit to get to the next bit to get to the next bit so yeah, that would buy a pie on the way on the Nullarbor plane going if everything was going well <laughs> yeah which we'll talk about the Nullarbor uh, as as we sort of get to that part so as we're, we're doing this like I'm starting to go back and going that's just another bit of added pressure of 
this timeline that you know is quite significant. Mm. I know what it's like now to put a DVD out. Back then, that was our first ones. So we had no idea. So why'd, uh, you, why'd you axe it? We we didn't we axed that as far as we just put too much into it. It wasn't so it's was a bit thin on each topic rather than yeah, it wasn't in properly. in depth enough. So we didn't change. Like to be honest, actually, a lot of the methods still the same, just more evolved. So it wasn't like we're saying, yeah. And some of the people that have got that, a lot of people have got that video come to the clinics and they'll even tell me I got that video. And it's like it's rare now. Did you get it in the show bag or did Julie? Yeah, I didn't actually ask them. They yeah. could have got it from a few different locations. Um, but they, yeah, they will. So pretty quickly after that, probably even the next year, uh, which we'll get into in the next few podcasts, we, we start rolling out the content that we sort of use now. And, and even then I think we've evolved the f- original DVDs. We've even evolved them again because you just learn some stuff and mm. we break it down more and more and, and hopefully make it easier for both the horses and the humans to learn. So getting to Equitana, we get there, our demos are good, we get big crowds. First time, like I said before, the Double Dan's are, are performing under the banner. We do the night show and this was a question I had for James, but of course we haven't got him on. I can't remember, we did that same show that I just talked about, not with the donkey, but the Liberty horses, the jumping through the beanbag, the Roman riding, we did that same sort of deal at Equitana, but I can't remember if it was for the dressage night. It wasn't the jumping night, but maybe it could been the raining night they also had an all-stars night yeah i couldn't remember which night we did it on the jay charnock was on well, jay was there yeah but i don't got engaged today or yesterday yesterday yeah congratulations jay congratulations woof, jay. Woof. yeah yeah i did t- i did shout have a, out i did have a chat to him today about it and congratulated him fella. good on you pal. yep hopefully he's going to come up and visit shortly yep sorry carry on so that would have been interesting to just see if Dan remembered but that wasn't the real turning point or even the talking point we did this impromptu show out in the big outdoor there it wasn't supposed to be on but they Equitana came to us and said hey do you think you could do something and we were just like tonguing for any extra you know time in front of the public and we only had those other couple of demos and we're like yep and we just scrambled around like to get help and to do things and get the horses ready it was like get out there as soon as you can and, and I got no idea why they needed something like there was a changeover and they ha- didn't have anything scheduled yeah. so we do this impromptu property show outside and it's the same arena if people remember us talking back to one of the earlier podcasts about melbourne royal and we had some footage or vision go up on our facebook about it so it's a pretty big open arena we 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 pull out all the big stuff out in the open there so we have all the horses out there we're doing the liberty stuff we're doing the jump and the beanbag bareback and bridalist roman riding but we do but dan does the roman riding into the back of a moving gooseneck there yep so he jumps them in while the gooseneck's moving goes from standing on the top of the two horses to jumping himself on top of the roof of the gooseneck and the horses come out and crowds just gone wild like people still talk about seeing that show and for us we were really excited to showcase everything I mean we we put everything that we could do out there yep. and it all worked so yeah. it was one of the rare shows that it actually does come off as well as we could have hoped Yeah. so we felt good after it but at the same time the little side question that I had for James which I'm going to have to try to remember when we get him on here is not long after that he retired that act was it was hard to do. And I reckon he was almost as excited to retire that act as I was to retire my Roman writing in shows. <laughs> I don't think so. I reckon so. I think you were happier. Yeah, I said I was happier, <laughs> but I reckon he was close. Yeah, wow. Well. And and that that's what people probably don't realise how difficult some of that stuff is that we're yeah. attempting to do. Or if he, you know, because he makes it look really easy, but he was always stressed about it. I suppose it's a pretty good recipe for disaster. Yeah, well, he talked about one of those acts where one of the reins broke and, and he could only 
Tony pull Amelia, and I think I think it was Amelia to the to the left, and she's coming into the float with a head kick to the left. Um, but it, it used to worry, and that's the only time I can really remember James getting worried about an act. To be honest, was there. So we need to um, make sure. So you didn't volunteer to help and you know take over the act and maybe Liberty Roman ride the well, horses. It wouldn't work at all. Well, that wasn't Liberty Roman riding at that point. That was that in was the pads just, yeah. and in the gear because he needed some. Yeah, I, I'm not saying he, he, he could do it now, but back then those horses were only just Liberty Roman riding. Um, so you'd always have the pads and the and the bridles on, and you'd yeah to do it properly. Like you'd have somebody. We didn't always do it properly, but if we had enough help, you have we had a two way. You'd have somebody in the float with yep. the two way to the driver. So if anything went wrong or yep. you're not going fast enough or you're going too fast or you know whatever, um, is that Pia? Well, just depends. We had yeah, everybody because yeah. then there's yeah. other stuff. There's my horses, you know, needing to be held. We had a fair bit of help at that um, Equitana, which I'm going to sort of talk about here in a moment. But really, for us, it was it was that was huge, and it was the first time I, I feel like our brand really got recognised, and if not elevated at Equitana, as it was such a, a massive thing. That's why yeah. I just wanted to just bring a bit of attention to it. On a side note, talking about help, a, a bunch of the the girls that were helping us out, including Pia, got sick while we were there, and that that made it a little extra difficult because one of the rehearsals that we're getting ready for that nighttime show that we're just talking about, the arena surface wasn't coming in the indoor wasn't coming to to plan, and it went later and later and later and later and later, and we needed to do a rehearsal. And we did a rehearsal because the curfew for noise down there is like 11 or 11.30, maybe midnight. So they had to stop the machine. They still didn't get the arena right there, and he literally got half the indoor ready for us to use. Mm. Then they stopped the tractors, and it's like midnight, and then we were allowed to train our horses in there, and that was the only opportunity we were going to get. Yeah. And we had the, the everybody was up and late, and I was sick, and they were laying down and sleeping and <laughs> – throwing up it was just it was it was really quite stressful quite but, a picture but yeah. everybody had to get it done and then Dan and I were worried whether we were going to get sick and and we don't we don't get sick which is lucky or don't get sick then but as I mentioned before we do the nullable and we're going from the Melbourne to Perth four days driving with the horses and so the, I, I so catch the bug to recoup where are we finishing this story Melbourne Equitana finished yep all done mm-hmm. the rehearsal as trauma, traumatic as it was all ended up good and the shows went well and happy days were on the road to the nullable. That's right. Yeah, well, you missed that bit. Well, I had already sort of gone there, but okay, we'll yeah. just, I'll just agree. Close that up for you. So we're going from Equitana. Sloppy. Sloppy. And we're going to drive across the nullable. And I just want to re-clarify for the listeners, from Melbourne to Perth, it's like four days drive, if, if you don't know the nullable. With that Equitana finishing and that bug that I was talking about, I catch the bug. Super. Yeah. You'll be a travelling companion. Right. So <laughs> we've got two vehicles going over, so Dan and his gooseneck and then Pierre and I in our truck. And I, I had a real phobia about public toilets and the old number twos thing was a big deal for me. This is stemmed from primary school, hasn't it? Well, I don't know if it's a primary <laughs> school thing, but I just, to the point- Anybody with any modicum of, you know, self-preservation has the same apprehension about public toilets. Doing number twos. Ironically, McDonald's is probably the best. Uh, well, they clean not. those suckers like no one's business. So, need to I, you've going to shows and competitions, I would sometimes go like two or three days without doing number twos, just so I didn't have to go to the toilet, honestly. This is things that you don't know like about me. Kevin Barlow James da- trying J- to keep their bloody drugs up the date. No, James, <laughs> James doesn't know this sort of stuff but I thought I'm going to overshare on the podcast and just let everyone know so I quickly got over this problem that probably haunted me for 20 years because you know how I said everyone was throwing up well mine wasn't coming out the front end oh no mine was coming out the back end so always always the best excuse for a um, you know anybody who ever asks where have you been if you're late just say look I'm sorry I've got a bad case of the splatters well generally stops people inquiring any further yeah well (laughs) I think I might have stopped at every survey between Melbourne and Perth wow which I would would never have gone to yeah. 
one of them. That's the reason nobody else uses the toilets. Yeah. Because they've been there. <laughs> one After of the old splatters steers has been there. James would remember this because. <laughs> not remember that marked on his brain no nah, no nah, he doesn't remember because we didn't quite travel together then we were just going across there after but the first stop he made sure he yeah, was we were stopping, in front of we you. were stopping a lot more frequently than he was <laughs> but there was there was one service station I remember in particular because it has this big pink and grey glass statue thing have you ever been across another wall Kim no no it's on the bucket list yeah I go in there and everyone that was travelling with us was like oh, we're going to the bathroom first yeah. <laughs> just you stay out I go in there, I go I don't use a bad pun, but no shit. <laughs> I I feel that bad. Like, I don't need to buy anything, but I buy stuff in this survey just because I'm like, <laughs> I got to, I, I got to apologize. Yeah. Give me, give me like a few donuts, uh, yeah. some of those bread rolls, because I need to bind up a little here because quite frankly, what I'm about to do the old shitter is not going to be pretty. <laughs> I was going to word it more delicately, but but anyway, it was it was actually not too bad as far as timing's concerned because we I was getting married like only a couple of weeks after that. Between that, I got this sore throat that I couldn't really eat. So when we were in Perth doing the rehearsals, if I did eat anything, all I'd have was a frozen Coke to numb out my throat and then I'd try to eat a little bit of food. I was the skinniest I've nearly ever been when oh, I got wow. married. And it was just a bit fortunate that these two little problems came to me just a couple of weeks before I got married and then lots of excessive work because we were under a bit of pressure that uh, that was you have the scales for probably, probably that was like the malleable so two or three days oh, no. it's just bad timing but the sore throat lasted for a week after that so there was like um i didn't and i hardly ate and we worked really hard that whole time so i was already losing weight without having to worry about and i was also so in for my the first two or three days you didn't talk because you might bottom burp and then you didn't talk i was also lethargic you. so i slept a lot peer did a lot of the driving so it was like those guys that all got sick and they were sleeping when they could and, yeah, and then they got over it they got over it and then we had it well i had it i can't even remember I'd have to ask that question to James, which we'll, we'll, we'll ring him here in a minute and see if we can get him back online. It's going to be the whole episode. going to be talking about ringing Dan James. Um, but but then once we land into Perth, we've got a week to put together our show that we produced and then performed in. And this included, you know, rehearsals, scripting, you know, doing that we were in charge of the lighting. Like we had people coming in and, and putting up the lighting, but you had to tell them what to do. Sound, like announcers, back of house management. I mean, the whole show came together in that last week. Like we had the idea in our head. We had somebody marketing it, selling the tickets, but we really didn't put it together until that last week. Oh, hello. Dan James, are you there, mate? Hey, guys, how are you? Oh, fantastic. We're good as gold, thanks, mate. How are you going? Yeah. Been beaten up by a one-year-old all night. Really? Well, that's nicer than Steers. He beat his three-year-old up. Yeah, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't tell you, James, one of the stories that I had early on here was um, uh, that I was going to fill you in in. Put Tommy on a fresh horse, busted. Police spooked and um, Tom was riding in bareback and he fell off and broke his arm. What? Yeah, on Piers' birthday. What? Uh, On the weekend. So we we mentioned that because we had a, um, a little bit of a chat and we're trying to obviously draw out a bit of time because we're trying to get you on and that was some of the stuff that I was going to fill you in on when we when we got you um, online, but we've 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 really got into this deal. We're we're nearly oh, two thirds, maybe of we're the, almost at the wedding of the way in. We're into the Perth show, so we might keep going with this, and, and then we're going to go. I, 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 
how fun. Well, he's got um, a makeshift plaster on that they did in the hospital, but tomorrow he's going to get the rigididge one. It's not a serious fracture. What did you call it? What'd Green call it? stick. So when he finally oh, yeah. got round to take him to the hospital, you know, obviously three or four beers into the uh, <laughs> oh, to the on. birthday celebrations, uh, it was established that Tommy had a broken arm by a previously mentioned Superman doctor who just looked at it and said broken. Uh, then uh, Tommy produced some kryptonite. The doctor became a little bit kind of quizzical about whether it was broken. Uh, decided it probably was because he was Superman earlier and he thought he knows everything, so he went with it and put the back slab on. And in three or four days, they're going to put a proper cast on him and look after the child like they should have in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Parent wow. of the year. <laughs> Oh, man, that's that's, uh, quite tough. There you go. Well, most of the Steers boys have broken their arm at least once or twice. (laughs) Some of them two at once. So he's... um, That was Craig's ever, wasn't it? No, he's only had Oh, that was you, wasn't it? We've both had multiple, but it's only one. Didn't you come off a trampoline and break... One arm. Oh, anyone. But it was like the second time I got broken. Nice. Yeah, so I've had a couple of breaks. Craig's had a couple of breaks. (laughs) One of his sons has had a couple of breaks. Just excuse Kim over there. He's coughing with the coronavirus. Pop that lung But anyway, let's... Let's get into this, and then we'll go backwards. So where I've got every, where I've got everybody up to, to talk like yeah, yeah. Yes. We could just talk normally about we'll talk stuff no- that happened previously. Yeah, that's what okay, we'll do. Cool. We'll Let's pick do B because heaps easier. So James, and people was, won't understand it. I was just talking James about that Perth show, and I'm I just starting to annoy him, DJ. Yeah, once you get on the line, DJ he just turns into a different character. But anyway, <laughs> I often wonder how does this go? Like on the on the parts where I miss out. I, I think that that's uh, yeah, it, very interesting. You have to go back and listen to him, but it actually goes pretty good. He just gets a bit rowdy when you get on the line. He doesn't like it. Gets testy, <laughs> testy when when you come on. I think it's your fault. There we go. He's trying to bait me now. So I'll try to get this out just one more time. I was just alluding to the fact that that Perth show. So we've travelled the Nullarbor. We've got across there. I was sort of you know looking back at that Perth show, and we really pulled that together in the last week. I was just saying to Kim that we'd marketed it and sold tickets to it. We had the idea of the acts that we wanted to achieve. But at the same time, in my mind, and you'll be able to help talk about this, Dan, is we actually really pulled it together in those last sort of five days of when we hired the venue and started setting up the lighting, the sound, and and the rehearsals and the scripting. That it, it, was, it was a big deal at the time, but it was also something that we've been, I guess, really excited and proud to produce, right? Oh, mate, like um, I think one of the, probably one of the best ones that we've um, ever put together Together and uh, you know you 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 know talk about there about all the kind of I guess for the listeners the technical aspects of you know lighting and sound and acts and stuff like that. But uh, what about the random trip to go and pick up a, a donkey followed by setting up the Toyota, uh, the hoist one of the crack up sisters up into the ceiling that was run by by three guys and two uh, two handsets. Well, that's what I was going to get to. I was going to go through these acts and and you you help me out if I forget any here. So we've already talked a fair bit about our Liberty Act that was really a revised Dan and Dan show. You know, we sort of changed the Dan and Dan show and we started doing all the horses like you would do uh, Amelia and Apollo instead of Harry. You'd work them at Liberty on the ground and then you'd get up to Roman riding them at Liberty. That all happened in 2010. So you didn't really, you had Liberty Roman Road before that, but that 
that was when it sort of got included into the show. I would bring Casey out right. there back and bridle us and I'd ride her and then call Double Image in and then those two would do a bit together. They'd sit on the beanbag together and, and Pierre would bring Bobby out and he would jump the beanbag. That was sort of our revised Dan and Dan show essentially. We didn't do the other Dan and Dan show that we've talked about on other uh, episodes. We did the Donkey Act which we talked about in the um, Dressage Champs which which we were doing on this episode. We did the Dressage Rider with the Silks with Amanda which you sort of mentioned. Um, Amanda being on the Silks. She was one of the Crack Up sisters and, and that's where we used the Toyota to pull up Amanda from the back of a horse. So we'll just, we'll just pause on that act for a moment and Dan sort of started talking about it before. So this so Amanda from the Crack Up Sisters is a licensed rigger. So she did all the rigging herself to get the silks set up and everything. So that's all done properly and she knows it's all good. But it was her idea that she said that when the girls in the silks climb their way up to the top where they perform, it's sort of slow and a bit boring. And she said, what it's good is if you can sort of just be hoisted up there. So she was riding in on the back of a horse and I've got some of this stuff on video, Dan. So I'm going to start posting some of these acts because I've, I've got one of the hard drives I've found while I've been looking for stuff and it's got most of that um, Perth show on there. So Adam, which you talked about before. Do you remember when we were practicing before Amanda got there and uh, oh, who was riding the, the horse that we were going to use in it? From El Cabello. I couldn't remember her name. Um, she performed with us. I can see her face right now. I can't remember her name. Yeah. Um, we are training the, the horse with the, the taps. Yeah, the German girl. Start from the top. Is it Abigail? <laughs> Good on you, Kim. <laughs> Um, and remember the tarp that we drawing up gave away on me. I don't. I don't remember that part. So, you, so you were attempted to do, you attempted to be Amanda. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because we were trying to do the whole thing, like going from the horses back to the silks. Of course, we didn't have silks. We just hung a tarp. And although that I was a little skinnier back then, the tarp oh, was still skinny. wasn't built for my. And I grabbed the tarp, and the tarp fell to the ground with me still attached. <laughs> Yeah, I remember doing the tarp and getting that horse broke to it because also the horse wasn't that you know it wasn't a performance horse. It was just an educated sort of dressage horse. And and we had we the idea that Dan came up with this was one of his ideas. Is so whoever was on the silks would sort of split the silks and the horse would canter through it. And at times the horse would canter pirouette and hold the silk and be spinning the yeah. acrobat like it's a it's a beautiful act with with the lighting and and the music. And so Dan also you know had to take responsibility for educating the dressage horse to be desensitized enough to do the act as well which was added pressures on top of what we're talking about but getting to that ute scene so that's how we've come up with the idea that uh, amanda's saying i want to get lifted so she's like you know basically so it'd be like a pulley system so how we we rig this thing up is out of one of the exit doors for the uh for the venue we had this pulley and a rope that went out the door and was hitched up to the bull bar of a toyota land cruiser ute what could go wrong then there was a driver in the ute and then there was was a spotter on the stairs and there was two. neither of which were allowed to be that night there was no and they were and, and then there was also a two-way so they could the spotter could talk to the driver because they right to be like yep back up back up back up stop 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 that's what it was like there was two different bits of white tape james you may got a little bit of bad service too so i don't know if you got a special spot in the house that you can get a little bit more but sometimes you cut in and cut out a little bit there buddy but the bits of the tape was on the rope and they would tell you where it needed to be you know other because there was two 
two different times that she'd want to be up or she might want to be down. And so we did this whole act and you wouldn't wouldn't know if you were watching the show, you'd be just like, oh, this is crazy. And and you'd be thinking it's, you know, done probably a bit more uh, professional uh, or safe, safer than what we were attempting to do it. But it worked great and Amanda was happy with it. I mean, she she's the one that, that obviously okayed it and set it yeah. all up. But even to the point that when the driver backed up and got it to the to the white point and pulled Amanda up to the to the maximum height, he not only turned the vehicle off in gear, but he made sure he put it in in the handbrake on too. So he didn't have a sense of humour. He didn't kind of take her just a little bit past the white. Not everyone thinks <laughs> like you that came and think that it would be funny. No, we all took it really serious. So oh, that was terrible. That was another one, uh, and it all and it all worked out really well. And and Amanda did prepare it. We also had the um, trick writing team, didn't we, James? Yeah, we had uh, girls, girls, girls again. They were they were there, and uh, Jake wasn't Jake one of the boys in, in the help that helped out, wasn't he? In the Toyota, Jake, it was Jake's Toyota, and he helped out. He drove back across an Nullarbor with us. He was in the convoy, and he helped us out at Equitana as well. That's so, right. So that that was that was a big part, and um, we just did you know some of those acts we did. We we redid the donkey act, which we talked about. The crack up sisters did did their acts with their acrobatic um, whip cracking routines. I mean, the the show was that's massive. How many rehearsals did you have for this thing? Well, we we jammed as much in the opening act to it, and this was really cool. And the footage is really good. If you remember this, James, and and a lot of these right yeah. ideas that we come up with, but we've never done before. So we put we we basically had um, at two big black cloths forward of the horse and behind the horses and we had Dan and I the two stallions in the in this little sort of chamber and we're pumping it full of um, smoke or fog you know the fog machines and what we're doing that while people were getting seated then the opening to the show was the, the house went black you're claiming it was a smoke machine yeah yes and we was pumping in there and the first curtain gets drawn open and behind the horses we had a strobe light so the horses just walk out we walk out two horses side by side and the strobe light so you just seeing silhouette silhouette but the smoke filling into yeah, the arena that's cool. and then it went for maybe 10 seconds and then all the lights just went to 100% like a big flash and then we just took off and we did a um, raining pattern you know choreographed you know you go left I go Part right. Part of deux. Part of deux, yep. Nice. And, and that was a cool opening wasn't it James? It was mate especially yeah the, the strobe light um, there at the beginning um, that was uh that was pretty pretty damn cool. The, and the organisation of everything actually working on the night, like it was something that, you know, you always want. Like when we do shows, very rarely does everything come together where, you know, there's not a mistake with lighting or there's not a mistake with, with the sound people putting on the track, the wrong track or not, not at the right time or one of the microphones not working correctly or something like that. There's always something in a show generally. But that's what I was going to interject with is to get the lighting and the sound, people kind of go, oh, yeah lighting and the sound that's a huge gig to get all that synchronized without stuff ups that's massive and and the other acts plus you're ambitious with the acts you've got we got to do our acts but then we're also helping everyone else with yeah. their rehearsals there was a pony club that we got involved as well that they did a little piece in there i can't remember too much about that but we had them there uh Pia did a liberty act with double image and um and would have been her first time performing with double image in a solo act with live music with louise ratcliffe you remember that James yeah yeah absolutely and that was a beautiful piece as well she did it both on the ground and then she rode him uh, bareback and bridless as well and did a nice little routine and I've got that video that I'll be able to share 
and and Piers' dad who passed away um, last year, he, he he would always talk about that really fondly. Like he he shed a tear during that act when he saw his daughter out there with the horse. Didn't expect it coming. Um, you know, was was super proud of the whole show. I mean, he would talk about that show and be like, "When are you boys doing it again?" Full mm. stop. But but it was so many these these individual acts that we would be proud to just produce in somebody else's show. Mm. We were producing multiple acts back to back, and and I mean it was a huge high. Like when we finished that deal, we were on just on a, on a whole another cloud of adrenaline. But at the same time, we didn't really produce it again because of the work that was involved. Mm. Like it was just hectic. Do, do you remember anything else about that time, James? Um, yeah. Do you remember the names of the of the two little boys um, that we did in there oh, that, yeah. that they had in the um, in the uh, Mum Don't Let Your Sons Go to the Cowboys Act? I forgot about that act. So you did remember that. So we we did that act and, um, after it, but that was the first time I talked about Please because I reckon Dan Please's first um, performance was was just the sort of week before at Equitana. Like I looked through that timeline of Facebook and Please pops up at Equitana, but I don't think we used him. He didn't pop up anywhere else. I think that was his first show was at Equitana and, and he wasn't even in, like he was just in one of the demonstrations. There's a photo of him sitting, me with him and you with um, Ari. And other than that, his real yeah. first big show then would have been that Perth show. And we we did this act where Dan and uh, we had two little boys who were sort of replicating him and I. And it was one of the Gibbs's sons, which now these boys are driving right. cars. And then who was the second one? Gibbs. And it was um, the farrier over there, Ross. Um, what's Ross's last name? It was his son was the yeah, boys did a heck of a job. They, they got totally into it. They yeah, did a, they did a cracking job, not, not knowing them. It no, was, this is the, you've thinking. I've seen the act. Oh, okay. Cause yeah, and it was a really good job. Yes. Yeah, so we've got we've got that on video that we can share. That was a that was a great act, and we might talk a little bit more about that act um, in the next episode as well because that comes up for the 2011 Equitana that we did. So we did all those acts, and 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 I remember that was quite stressful putting that together because dealing with the little boys and the pony, and and you got to tell them like this is also you got to improvise if things don't happen. Yeah. Like you try and tell these kids that the pony might not be as as well behaved as he is in rehearsal because there's more pressure in the show and please is a little trooper when it comes to these performances like he wasn't a horse um well he's a pretty miniature horse but yeah he w- wasn't like what some of our old other horses or bigger horses what i should say to f- get them ready for the lights camera action type sort of scenarios he, he did roll into it pretty seamlessly but you had to talk to these boys about if it doesn't happen don't make a big deal about it don't let the crowd mm. know like they've never performed <laughs> before yeah, don't, don't, don't whip the crap out of the pony if he won't lay down mm. yeah 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 that's right just be nice and cool and you know just play it like it's supposed to be and that, and, and like you mentioned those boys did a heck of a job and that was another probably tearjerker mm. when it comes to acts that we've sort of um, produced and it's one that if we can ever sort of replicate again, we'll certainly try to do it because it's 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 mm. a it's a cool it's a cool act. It was something that um, one of the acts that I'm probably more fond and proud of that we've sort of put together during this whole time of doing all this as well. We've touched on it a little bit at the start, but we're also trying to get a wedding ready. And and all, all I remember was in between these rehearsals, like we had to go in and get our suits measured and things like that. White placemats will be fine, darling. Go with it. Yeah, that's right. Like Because yeah. cause Pierre had been doing all this from the East Coast. So now she's back in WA and her sister's there. 
So we're trying to, you know, get all that sort of situation. And we were on a budget. Like when we were doing that wedding, it was like we, we were doing it on a hell of a budget. And it was a great wedding. We had like 200 guests. So it wasn't anything fancy as far on as- a budget? That's massive. Yeah. So that's right. We didn't do a big- We did it at a, our equestrian center in WA. We had the ceremony at um, a friend's garden. You know, had, had, she, had, she has this beautiful garden. She's a family friend. And it was like, I mean, this garden was put into heaps of magazines and won awards. Yeah. Like so, they gave us that to to have the ceremony in. Um, you know, we had we had a couple of friends with nice cars, and we got drivers. You know, like everything uh, was sort of done. Yeah. Uh, Adam did the videoing, you know, as a gift, and it was just all sorts of stuff like that. And and, and we did it as 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 well as we could with the budget that we had, and we had a great time. And and thinking about that, I just keep remembering back to the the show was our main objective going back to to the west. But at the same time, we had to do all this stuff for the wedding. Do you remember all that, James? Oh, yeah, mate. I remember it like it was yesterday because it was the final um, tada for my hair. Oh, that's a good point. So it's all the... So, so basically from the start of 2011, Dan shaves his head. And this is the end of 2010. So the photos that I have from our wedding, which I can, again, put on Facebook, Dan's got the last little bit of hair left on the top of his head. Oh, I was going to say lustrous locks, but... Oh, it's light on. And he's got the, <laughs> he's got the Kramer look. Because, Ooh, giddy up. Because he's, he won't ever let the hairdresser trim the top because it was getting pretty light on. So it was just thin and whispery, but it was quite long. And then the sides that was growing hair was... Was cut you know when you're, short. you're kind of reaching into the, the kind of pits of comb overs, you, it's time to go. That's what he, he figured that out. But he figured- oh, mate, I, knew, I knew it was right on its way out and I was just trying to enjoy just like the last little bit the yeah. last of it. The very yeah. last I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So we left it there for the wedding. So we've got the photos, which is good because we at least know we're never going to lose those photos of Dan James's last moments with his hair. And then for a few shows after that, Dan wouldn't really take his hat off. It was one of those funny things that when he would perform, you know, when you wanted a bit of a you know, salute from the crowd or you'd, yeah. you, would, you would salute the crowd or almost and take your hat off he didn't do that for a lot of shows afterwards and at one point he did and then the crowd sort of embraced him and now he takes it off willy-nilly like he don't care he's He's happy with it yeah i mean he's you know bald and proud i guess exactly love the chrome love it go with it so that that was that moment but then getting to the to the wedding on a budget like i spoke about last episode which which dan you weren't it was it wasn't when you were online i was mentioning your speech do you do you remember your speech from my wedding? Oh, yeah. I talked about um, Pierre throwing the third at you. Yeah. And then you also told, retold <laughs> a joke. Is that a tender moment? Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> there was a couple of things about the speech which I mentioned in the last yeah. podcast. Firstly, how disappointed you were in me because I wrote my speech. Do you remember that? You were like, you couldn't believe that I was writing right. a speech. And then, and then, yeah. Then you did your speech, which you did not write. And it was great. The other one that you told, so you told, you told the story about, um, Pierre throwing the spurs at me, and then you also told this. Story. Yeah, but then I put it, and I put a really good twist. I put a really good twist on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you made it sound um, a lot better than the actual truth, which was nice. <laughs> but it then sounded, you then sounded you, like a tender moment. Then you told, yeah. Then you told the joke about it was a joke, but you made it out that it wasn't a joke. You actually fooled me. You remember that joke about the guy wanting the pliers? From, <laughs> you t- you know when you were telling, you probably don't yeah. know this, but when you were telling that joke, I was like, I don't remember this story like i thought legitimately you 
had me fooled because you, you, you were retelling it like it was me talking to Pierre and you said, I know how these two are going to work because, you know, they've got great communication and, and then you tell that thing and I'm like listening and it wasn't until like at least three quarters of the way through that I realised that you were retelling got it. Got him, go on. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember this story. Oh, yeah, it's good. Oh, it's really good. And, and that was just that part there. I was like, that was gold. That was like, yeah, you just, you got everybody. I don't think there was anyone not laughing uh, at that speech. And, and we got yeah. that on video. So we can, we can, we can rehatch this as well and bring it back out there for the. Good wedding speeches make or break weddings. Or, or not necessarily break them, but. Oh, definitely. Geez, make, make, a, make a wedding. Absolutely. But then it made me think about it a little bit further when we talk about um, that wedding. And it, for me, it was almost like a, also an after party for what a year we had. Yeah. You know, like for 2010, it was the last thing that we were doing for 2010. Say, so you had nothing else. Nothing after afterwards, it. So Pierre and I went on a honeymoon, down. but that yeah. Was, yeah, it was just Not a let down on the honeymoon. No. Just a let down in, in stress. I will overshare and say I did let Pierre down on the wedding night. Oh. I was. I think you're oversharing it in here. Sick? I got a little, I got a little, <laughs> I believe I was the only one that got food poisoning. Yeah, I got a little. So it was a letdown, letdown. Yeah, mm. unfortunately, mm. oversharing. Um, actually, that's the first time that you've admitted that it, that it wasn't food poisoning. No, was, up until <laughs> right now, I actually food poisoning. I did just say food poisoning, though. I said I was the only one that got it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not. You were quite convincing of the about about the next day that that it wasn't from alcoholic beverages. Yeah, that's what I'm pretty sure. What are the odds? Two hundred guests and you yes, got the bad. I was prawn. the only one that got the bad steak. I don't yeah. eat prawns, so I knew it was the steak oh. was the anything I ate but apparently surf no turf turf no surf yeah it's unfortunately but uh, for us that was also you know where we got Daz involved James as far as Daz helped us on the marketing side of things for the for the show and, and Daz was there at the wedding and that was a turning point for Double Dan Horsemanship becoming a company and probably becoming a hell of a lot more professional and running well I remember I remember the call to Daz and uh, I said so Daz we've got this idea and we'd love you to be, uh, you know, a part of it. I remember her saying, "So, so, uh, what's your guys' budget?" I'm like, "What? Um, we don't have one." <laughs> yeah, but we don't have one in a nothing in a, in a good way where anything. <laughs> yeah, like we don't have a budget. Just whatever we want to spend, we can spend. It wasn't in that way. It was like, no, no, we're going to run this show without any money. <laughs> Can you sell some tickets so that we can have some money to come across? And we did. And that, that was a funny thing about that show is is we did do that. We sold the show in, in stages and the money that we raised from the show, we put into the show. And, and it got Blues Brothers. And it worked. Yeah, but it was it was still too strict. For, for what we got out of it and how much work we put into it, it wasn't at the time probably worth us going through that stress. We would have aged a hell of a lot quicker if we uh, did, kept doing one of those a month. Oh, you've aged, buddy. I know I've already aged, aged. I said a lot quicker. Oh, yeah. Well, crikey, is that possible? It would have been. This has taken 10 years to get me to here. This, I would have got there in probably 12 months if we're talking about the stress level there. You would have been a cachectic, horrible mess. So let's... <laughs> So that, that wraps up the year. But before we put a wrap on the episode, since it's since we've got Dan James on the line, let's let's go back and ask Dan a couple of these questions. One of the things, Dan, we broke some news. I don't know if you've heard because it's been pretty chaotic over there. Have you, if you news. had any riots over there, like oh, not over there, but actually in Lexington. 
like, yeah, you had to. Yeah, we've had, yeah. Lexington, Oxford, um, what I saw on the news. Mate, I, were, I, haven't, yep. I haven't actually left farm. I've been here for the last, I think, 10 days. I don't think I've driven out the front gate. Oh, well, that's good for you. So I'm not sure. Probably from what? Sensible from the COVID-19 I did a bit of research. Point of view. The Lexington actually got um, congratulated on their protest, was very peaceful. But what, were you, what was the other one? Louisville. Was yeah, it, no, Louisville. Louisville's gone hectic. Fully, fully hectic. Yeah, they've gone. It's gone fully hectic, bro. <laughs> Is that what you reckon? Yeah. You co- no idea. <laughs> <clears throat> so those guys uh, over there it is but that, that wasn't the breaking news that we we're going to break Sick. because that's pretty pretty common at the moment but I don't know yeah, if you've yeah. heard James yeah. Carol Baskin has won a court case she is now the rightful owner of Joe Exotic Tiger Park did you know that? I did not know that so, Jeff, <laughs> so you know the other super villain in that show Jeff Lowe who, yeah he's out he's getting out it. he loses it he's got 121 days what? He's, he's got 120 days. How did you come across this information? Is no, no. that where Carol Baskin had buried her husband? I have researched this. Yeah, we Facebook it's, researched it. It's all legit. It's not fake news. <laughs> the reason why is because he she had already won the lawsuit against Joe Exotic, right? So he, he owed her like a million something dollars and he was paying it off here and there. And then that's why he signed over the, the park originally. And they found that to be illegal, that, and so the the courts basically awarded her the park now, not the tigers and things that are on whatever animals there. Basically, Jeff Lowe's got to get them off, but she gets the parks and vehicles, bits and pieces. It's easy, you just shoot them. Oh, you're a man. you're a bad man. Didn't you take some oath? Didn't you with your nah, veterinarian? No oath. Yeah, <laughs> isn't there an oath? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I remember Pierre taking an oath. Um, no, nah, no, I don't recall. You don't recall. I do not recall <laughs> having relations. The, oh man! The, uh, well, that is that is kind of breaking news, mate. I um that and that was not where I thought that was going to go. I thought you, go. you were going to tell me that, like, yeah, you and Pierre were having another child, or oh really? You know, something along that. He's breaking. Yeah, he's breaking current children. Don't let him have more. He's breaking the current ones. I was, I was involved in that. You're, you're an A. You set him on a wild, unbroke pony. He, you know, he rode the next day, though, James. He was like, I'm riding one hand. <laughs> Did he really? He loves it. He's got so into the horses at the moment. He rides like, when Zara goes to school, Pierre comes down in the arena. He he hops on Pierre's big horse. She'll hop on another one. And she'll lead him down the road, go around the paddocks. He doesn't go much on steering. He do, he wants to be led around and things like that. We've seen you idiots in work. You guys don't go for steering you just kind of ride them braless and go wherever just go wherever yeah so but he'll go out there and then go more i want more or i'll ride another one he just he's going flat out so that he or and he didn't like his arm getting broke that day he said one of his last requests was to the doctor wasn't it he says yeah he says though he says i'm he says i'm not riding please at this farm again because we went away james we were at somebody else's place he's like i'm not riding please at this farm again next day he's like i want to ride please (laughs) but with a saddle that was the deal i want saddle this time cast he had a saddle on the car so he rode with one hand holding on but by the time he came back he was using his his broken hand and, and holding on with that too so he was it's not too, it's not too bad let's let's move on from that we've talked about it long enough i thought i'd bring that up as it being a small part of this episode but it's been brought up Did you recall that question oh, daddy can we go to the doctor before you have your next beer <laughs> i did not say that i want that your honor i want that stricken off the record is what i'm going to say right there 
So Kim, anyway, Kim, out of interest, hold on, hold on, I get a question. Out of interest, because Kim's got three boys and they're and they're pretty full on, mate. How many? How many of them have broken bones? There's <laughs> yeah. had to have been multiple breaks. Um, one of them's broken, I think, three arms. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a talent in itself. Uh, and one of them has had his head stitched up, I think, in the realms of seven times. He's the younger one, Ned. And a few that we just sticky taped and glued up. Glued is the one that re- that I remember. Is he, he has super glue in all the vehicles. Yeah. Because instead of stitching up his kids, which he's well, done. Yeah, well, one of the boys. He just did, super glues them. Did we talk about this last episode? No. <laughs> so the school rings up and says, Dusty, our oldest boy, has um, had a head clash playing touch football, which I thought was a bit of an achievement in the first place. And... Um, He's got a pretty raging gash in in his head. You're going to have to take him up to the doctor. So I've rocked into school, popped him in the car, and he said, where are we going? I said, down the bottom of the footy fields. And he's like... No, 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 no. He said, just put some stereo strips on it. It'll be right. I said, boy, let's go down, get in the car. We're going down the bottom of the footy fields. So we took him down there and it took me a little bit of time to convince him that I would uh, be kind about this. Um, I think he'd been speaking to Steers, but, um, you know, about cruel parenting. But uh, we, we got him down there. We put stitched his head back up and um, suffice to say that the uh, the nurse at, at school was very impressed with the speed of the hospital that day. She was happy with, she yeah. was happy with the stitch up? She said, are you, are you uh, heading off to hospital? I said, no. Been, she said, Really? And I said, Yep, have a look virtually at no weight at all. Have a good look at it, they've done a fair job, too. Yeah, so he became a bit of a hero amongst his mates and he had his head stitched up by his dad down by the footy fields. <laughs> but yes, it was commented actually. I did a job today and there was a um, a client who he he had been in hospital, he'd come off a horse and he heard a phone call. Um, whilst my wife Kim had one of the boys in there, and there was a phone call along the lines of, um, Yes, there is another child coming in. One of our other boys has done something. And she said, next time it's your trip to the hospital because this is the third time this month I've taken the boys to the hospital. <laughs> Docs is going to start to intervene. <laughs> well, I knew there had to be some sort of thing. Well, the next thing is the oldest boy, Dusty, has been trying to emulate you, James, Dottie. He has been desperately trying to teach himself to ride backwards. So he went around to the neighbour's over the weekend and he had a um, he had a, uh, a session in their arena where he took two horses and had basically fallen off one three times and the other one twice and um, then eventually decided that he was no good at that, took him down to the river, got bucked off in the river and uh, made his way back to find the horse back at the arena. But he's desperately after he's some instruction. He's just about there. <laughs> exactly, another 120 falls and he'd be an expert. <laughs> Oh boy, he's persistent. That's for sure. Hey, so Steers, you said that you broke your arm too. Steers broke his arm. Sorry. Yeah. When did? How did you just, break your? Dan was just adjusting some um, some some uh, sound equipment here. DJ was just saying you broke your arm. When did you break your arm? Well, I got my arm broken, which we had Craig on the podcast, so you'll have to listen back because um, when I couldn't get you on the line, James, I um, rang Craig, who's just a huge fan of the show and a huge fan of Kim Hagen's particularly, but he actually is a villain in this story because he double bounced me on a trampoline <laughs> over a fence so we lived 
we lived in town. He's six years older than me. It was a six foot fence and I was on the trampoline and we were good friends with my neighbour. So he was actually talking to me. Which is lucky because you landed in his garden. Yeah. So then <laughs> I, I go head first between the fence and a garden shed on the neighbour's side and the, the dad of our friend would put his rubble and broken bricks and things <laughs> between there. So all it was was broken bricks and I put my arm out to break the fall, snapped my arm, then I also got knocked out. And so I'm upside down between the shed and the fence. Craig jumps the fence. Then a friend that is there on the other side, they pick me up and they rush me into their house on the other side and put me on the couch. I come to and I'm on this couch and I just like hold my arm and start screaming. And I'm like, I'm going to tell mum. And I go out the house, go down the drive, go around the road, go to the house. And Craig's like running behind me. One, he's worried that he's going to get into trouble. And two, he's trying to make sure that I'm actually okay. I go into the house and I tell mum that Craig, and I wanted to dob him in. But Craig double bounced me over the fence and she's like, what did you do to deserve that? That's what she said to, said to me. Exactly and I'm, much out first questions. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. And, she's, and I said, no, I think he's just, and she's like, go outside and play. So, so she well, said. I can see where you got your parenting from anyway. She said, she's <laughs> she sends, sends me out to play. Good work, Tommy. And uh, and then I end up, I was supposed to play basketball that afternoon and I couldn't play basketball, I come home. I was going to say, you had a be- your best game ever, didn't you? No, I couldn't play, so I didn't play. <laughs> and when I got home, my brother, <clears throat> while I was gone, was telling mum, this is serious. So when I get home, she's like, right, I'll take you to the hospital. Did he mention the head injury? No, nah, but I only went there for the arm. <laughs> Nobody mentioned that I got knocked exactly. out. Exactly. He's just kind of, just every now and again, mentioned mentioning to the doctors, um, I just want to check the... Uh... No, nobody thought about the <laughs> concussion problem that I might have had. So anyway, James, what we've got to go... I don't to... think they were worried about concussions then. Yeah, it hasn't affected you. No, because I get knocked out quite easily now, because that's the thing about when you get knocked out, is that each time it happens a little easier than the last, unfortunately. But but James, I want to get on the conversation starters that, that um, Kim and I already answered. So, you know, the, the segment that we start with that's become quite popular. Right. Okay, so this one's... Quite an yeah. easy one. There's a bit easier than the last couple that we've had. If horses didn't exist, what career path do you think you would have taken? Well, if I could have played the guitar and sing, I, I definitely that. would have headed down that line. That's the boy. Uh, or would have gone into the freestyle motocross. Oh, I do. is this from <laughs> forwards your, or backwards? Yeah, is this from your riding a bike backwards routine? I yeah, I guess I that. probably need a little more practice. Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't and get. I probably should have. Probably would have wear boots. I couldn't have got that part. I I, I thought if I was going to have the bet that you would have brought up the guitar. I know that you've always had a bit of a thing that you think you can play the no, guitar. You kind of you sprung it on me, and um, to kind of um, rehash my answer, it took me long enough to work out to be a vet, and um, even then, not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> a bit late now, brother. I, I Pretty know. committed. Oh no, moderately committed. There's a fair. There's a few. A few what your what was yours, um, I wanted to get into something. I talked a bit, a little bit. Rapper. Of, yeah. <laughs> It's just going to be a rapper. <laughs> I didn't even think and about a that. Damn good one too. <laughs> uh, I talked about what I thought I was going to be, which was a mechanic, and then we all know that's a bit of a laugh. Um, I talked. <laughs> I talked about something, you know, maybe working in anything creative, like producing ads or something in television or movies, and not necessarily performing, but I, I do like. Um, putting together anything a little bit creative with the team. I sort of keep thinking that that might have been an option if I didn't do the horse thing. Huh, did not see that coming. Bit arty, yeah, a bit out there. There's a second question. We've got a follow-up one, which um, this, okay. one, this one's probably even a little bit easier and a little bit <laughs> wackier. 
It's a lot wackier. Would you rather have legs as long as your fingers or fingers as long as your legs? Exactly. What kind of question is that? <laughs> a wacky one. Yeah. Ash oh. is falling apart in these. Uh... What, what, did, what did you got? What did you boys say? Oh, I copied Kim because he had well, a good we, answer. We both went for the same one. I want you to just come up with it yeah. here on yourself. We're not going to lead the witness. Okay, so legs, legs as long as your fingers. Or fingers as long as your legs. Well, I think I should ask the next next set of questions. Um, <laughs> You'd have to get on the podcast to do that, but have to come up earlier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, heck, I don't know. It's one one of the one of the other uh, fingers as fingers as long as legs. Oh, that's what we picked. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> we just thought the having the short. So that legs. means the legs are still the same length. Yeah, yeah. You got your normal legs. Your legs are your legs, but yeah, fingers are grossly long. But they're not. They're just yeah. normal skinny. They're the same width as what you've currently got, but they're just a lot but longer. You can pick your toenails easy as. <laughs> I don't know if that's something. That we're... <laughs> I don't know if that's what we're thinking. You're dirty, stinking oh, things. I don't know where you think sometimes. <laughs> eh? you got that big old head of yours going all sorts. It's of a solid melon. One of the other questions I had. Yep. Yeah. What was the other question? Well, I was actually going to ask you. We we talked about the donkey act. You remember the donkey act that we did at SIAC for the 2010 Dress totally. Lunch Championships? So you wore yeah, you one wore of the, the funniest ones we ever did. I know, and that's what I said in the podcast. But then I also wanted to ask you how, how do I how do you get talked into things like that? Because you're the one that rode the donkey backwards and in the jodhpurs and all the rest of it. But what I said to Kim in the podcast earlier is I said it's not like we you know vote on this or we rock paper scissors it's it's not you know diplomatic at all when it comes to agreeing or a democracy it's just that you're going to do that and i'm going to do this and i I thought about it when i looked at it i thought how's that so like what do you think about it well uh, i would go even as far as saying how did we even come up with the idea to get a donkey (laughs) for that thing well i think that was where i got you talked into it because it was my idea and the fact that i I remember sourcing that donkey because that was the prettiest donkey we've ever used if you remember it's a little pinto it was was a great donkey it was far better than the, the next one that we got, but I, I don't even remember how the conversation goes. Hey, we've been invited to go to the Australian Dressage Championships and display a you know routine and some uh, horsemanship, and we go out there with a donkey. I know. Well, An we did broke donkey. I talked about the act that we did previous to it, which was a big deal. It's like that one that I, we we've now used for the last sort of three shows in this podcast of the Liberty Roman riding, the jumping the pole, the sitting the horses on the beanbag, jumping Bobby through. Like our act really elevated into. 2010, and we did that. We did that same act at the Dressage Championships, which was well received. But when we did the Donkey Act, it was even better. Like the crowd responded, like we've never had a crowd respond before when we didn't actually do any horsemanship. But maybe it wouldn't have worked if you hadn't done that first act as well. If you get what I'm meaning, like they're kind of like these guys are the real deal, and they're piss funny. Maybe, but I, I'm agreeing with Dan then, maybe. where I can't even think how we actually came to the decision we're going to do that act. But I don't remember that part being discussed. I remember the act um, I remember getting like the lady that we were stabled next to like lost her mind because we had a donkey and uh, she was totally not impressed with us at the at the stables. Bloody tight ass. Um, yeah, she she did not think that it was funny. Um, I would have tried I remember to find Heath another donkey and put it on Ryan. the other side of her. Well, Heath had a bit of a laugh. <laughs> Heath and Rodney Ryan loved it. Yeah, because remember when you when the the donkey and there's a series of photos and that's what I was telling Kim about where the, when when I'm running out of the arena and the donkey's behind me and then all of a sudden it's closer to me and then the next minute it's right beside me and the next <laughs> photo it's in front of me and then the 
next photo, it's I'm getting dragged, and then you're on the ground. You fall <laughs> off because you're riding it backwards. Well, it tore out of that arena so fast, and it ran. It did a 90-degree turn as soon as it ran towards those dressage horses and started heading back towards its stable. And the dressage horses freaked out, including Heath Ryan's horse, but he was laughing the entire time. <laughs> like, his horse was freaked out just as bad as anybody else's, but he was this, he was just laughing. Like, all I could hear was him. And then you came out, and we were high-fiving each other, and the crowd, the stadium was as loud as I've ever heard any stadium. You could have said there was 30,000 people was- in there. There was there was definitely I think more noise for that act than there was for the horse that won the uh, Australian Dressage Championships that night. I know, I was certainly it was it was certainly um, the loudest noise I think one of any of our acts had received up until that point. The other thing that I highlighted um, in this podcast was when we we're at Equitana, we got that impromptu show outside in the big arena at, at that Melbourne showground, and it was it wasn't it wasn't uh, scheduled, and you and I we did everything that we could do and I was saying to Kim that it was one of the shows that everything just worked like I remember bringing Bobby out to the big arena and he jumped the horses perfectly you know double image ran out to the beanbag perfectly everything was going great and you jumped your two horses into the moving gooseneck at that deal and jumped onto the roof while you're roman riding and that went great everything was just it was one of these shows that i i remember just being like a fantastic feeling right but then i'm thinking yeah afterwards was that's one of the last times i remember you jumping into the back of the gooseneck with the roman riding horses you retired that act i'm not saying you retired it then but that's just one of the last times i can remember it i also think back and think that you might have been just as excited as i was about retiring myself from roman riding in shows to you retiring that act is that how you remember it oh god i was i was so happy to not do that act again and i think that might have been the last time that i that i did it like i remember remember that little show that we're at where um that friend of ours like she heard the horses jump into the back of the trailer thought something was wrong and hit the brakes and I wore the top of the gooseneck, like knocked the wind out of me as I was trying to get on the roof. I don't remember which. Do you think that was before that show or after? I thought I thought the Equitana one might have been the last time that we did it. That's but maybe I, not. I'm feeling like the Equitana was the last time you did it. Like I, I, that's only time, and I was saying that to Kim. The only time I remember you ever being stressed about anything in any of the shows that we've done is when you had to do that act. Just to pull back on that, surely if you're driving that gooseneck, the worst thing you can do is jam on the brakes. Yeah, well, do. Yep. <laughs> Just thinking about it, like, yep. you know, maintain the same speed. Yep, acceptable. Don't accelerate too much. It's a possibility you may need to go a little bit faster. Jamming on the brakes. I don't know that that's going to be the top of my hit list when I'm standing one foot on each horse. But we'll just like literally Apollo and Amelia nearly went through the front of the gooseneck and I wore that. <laughs> Yeah. That that I think was a good lesson in like you shouldn't pull people randomly five <laughs> minutes before an act to have a job like well, that. We were running pretty lean. drivers. We we're pretty lean. We, were, we didn't have <laughs> many resources back then, so we were just using anybody we could gather. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was your problem. You went to bloody Smith's uh, car driving learner's school and you found some imbecile who decided to jam the brakes on. Well, I'm sure they didn't do it intentionally, Kim. Yeah, you're painting a bad picture. No, I'm painting a bad picture. That's... Maybe it was somebody working for the enemy. Is that what you think? I just think they're an imbecile. <laughs> all, all I just, when I was writing this timeline down, it sort of just came to me. I was thinking that Dan couldn't retire that act quick enough. Well, not after you hired imbecile 
styles to drive the bloody goose. Well, I didn't hire him, did I? Do you think I was responsible for the driver? Recruited, I should say. Recruited. Do you think I was? Rec- you still think I recruited him? I'm pretty sure Dean handled all that side of that act. Yeah, no, I was. Uh, I hate to admit it, but that one was 100% on me. But what I'm what I'm just alluding to is that I'm thinking it's probably you probably only did that for 12 months. That act. I think we should bring it back out, James. I think yeah. you come back. This is no. I'm prepared to drive. I will not hit the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> I think is what I wanted to highlight really is how tough that act was and how awesome it was that that um, James, you know, was pulling that off in those shows back in 2010, our early days when we're trying to make it. We're trying to get out there, show the public what we can do and it's it's that difficult. Like we see what, what you know, we can achieve now and, and particularly these performances that James putting together over in the States and the degree of difficulty is that's required to pull those acts off and then think that 10 years previously we'll pull off something that was what we're probably deeming now more difficult to the point that we really uh well, we i keep saying we but james is <laughs> reluctant to to do again so that was really more the part that i wanted to you know highlight is how awesome it was that yeah, that we're doing sure. it and and when it worked it worked and it wasn't going to work forever was probably where what james could feel like you you must have thought there is a moment that this is going to be a wreck. Is that right? Well, that was like, it was after that one deal that I remember, then I had all those um, times that Amelia didn't jump in after she'd hit the front of the gooseneck after that incident. If you remember, like Apollo would jump in and Amelia wouldn't jump in. And like, yeah, like I'd nearly piss myself coming up to the back of that trailer when we're going around and wondering if Amelia was going to actually leave the, leave the ground and jump into the back of it as it was going. There's more reason we've got to reenact this bad boy. <laughs> the next, yeah. I think if we can, I think if the stars align, which is the, the COVID nineteen settles down, mm. Dan Steers gets a visa to America, <laughs> the riots cease, and and I get back to the states. Yeah, this should all happen within the next seven years. We're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna take, we're gonna bloody sort out that gooseneck of yours so it's equipped. Yeah, and we're. We're, we're doing it again. I'm happy to drive. One more. Uh, it's going to be like John Farnham <laughs> retirement tour. <laughs> one yeah, last, one last time. promise not to use the brakes. <laughs> one last time. <laughs> you're like, you'd be like, Dottie, look, everything's under control. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this is the good good thing about this being the uh, final instalment for 2010 is almost Dan James's drinking, non-drinking sabbatical is over because pretty much 2011, Um, very early 2011, he's back on the bandwagon. On it or off it, I can never remember. He's back on the uh, no, 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 he's he's off off the wagon. wagon. Yeah, he's off it. Good on him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So good call. Fun James is back, and the stories will crank back up again because the next episode we're going to be getting into Australia's Got Talent right Dan James sort of starting to make the move to the states because I already sort of looked up on Facebook and one of the things that you know what you're awfully excited about in 2011 Dan do you do you remember when you're in the states what you got a bit excited about and you just absolutely just flooded Facebook with no I don't that truck and gooseneck well, that was a big truck the big truck oh, yeah, oh yeah. mate you were just yeah, happy yeah. as a pig in shit 
he was flooding us yeah, with information before he left. It was just, it was huge. Yeah. It was just, that was what was, it was just popping up everywhere. He put it on everything and anything, anywhere that would, <laughs> you could post something, he posted it. So that was there. We, we get into yeah. There was the first Sydney equity. We'll have to think. We'll have to think about when we do get into the talking about that um, that truck. Because one of its ma- big first made um, maiden voyages was with Justin Cunningham. We we'll have to think about having uh, Justin get on and, and talk about the trip <laughs> trip from uh, Miami to Kentucky. That would be entertaining. Oh, because he drove it by himself, didn't he? Yeah, and the lead up to, to picking up the horses and myself and that. I mean, I think only Justin could do it. Oh, but you'd Justin. already you'd already got it and, and taken the vehicle. To Lexington, then is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because so we might have to consider. He might consider be that. He might be for the 2012 um, episode. There, then we also yeah. do, we also do another trip west, which we we did a little bit of a mini documentary series, I guess, on our trip uh, with Peter Haynes. With Peter Haynes, yeah. And we also Double Dance itself goes international for the first time um, together, and we do our first Equidays in New Zealand, and and we've got heaps more for two. 2011, but one of the big ones which I mentioned straight off the top was the Australia's Got Talent, which which AGT. is going to be a good which is going to be a good conversation because still waiting the callback. Yeah, we'll, bastards. We'll, we'll cover all that. Yeah, and more in the next episode. Awesome. So it's not getting any uh, smaller when it comes to I guess the the years and and the achievements and and things that we've uh, done in those uh, in that small timeline. What are you nodding your head for? I think it's really getting cranked up. Warmed busy, up. busy. We start getting a lot more serious that's for sure the old double damn brand i talked about i talked about james our first dvd and i talked about our poster and calendar that we sold at the first equitana i said you could even get a show bag there (laughs) old things have changed a little bit in the merchandise department and our evolution into our training program and our teaching program 2011 what i look back on the facebook as well was big for clinics that's where we started to really i guess launch ourselves as clinicians so 11 and 12 yours was 12 you came to 12. Yep. Keep nodding your head over it's there. Not far after it. No, you're right. God. <laughs> testy. No, you're getting testy. <laughs> <laughs> and how's Jesse doing, James? Well, mate, it's been, it's been rough, to be honest. The, just, I guess, going through that teething, talking of which, um, they're about to, uh, Elizabeth and Jesse have just come in. Uh, the last, uh, last the, the final straw this morning was that Elizabeth had brought Jesse to bed, and um, he. Uh, this is about. Five, five o'clock this morning and uh, the next thing I know he's grabbed me one finger up my nose one in my mouth and he's standing up bouncing and, and just <laughs> basically using my head as the uh, springboard oh this sounds so, yeah yeah no he, oh, he, he was great from he was great from then it was just the <laughs> other five times that night that he'd gotten up so, so hopefully he's teething because he typically does sleep pretty good um, through the night but yeah this, this last week and a half has been um, yeah rough drugs are your friend sounds nice Nocturnal. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So have you cast? Yep, have, you, uh, have you castrated that kangaroo yet? No, but he's uh, on. He's about to about to lose it. He's getting ready <laughs> for a conversation with the vet. We, uh, our, our vet said that uh, I I called uh, Vern Dryden. I said, um, just wondering if you'd consider doing a, a castration on the kangaroo. He's like, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> he's been following. He knew what yeah. was going on. It's one of those moments where you just know they're lying about. How how experienced they are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've done thousands, yeah. <laughs> thousands. This is just a routine <laughs> procedure. Nothing to worry about here, Isabella, because it's her kangaroo after all. <laughs> 
yeah. Well, it's been good to have you, even if we've only had you on for a short amount of time, James. We're going to wrap this Thanks up. Thanks for having us, boys. We're going to wrap this up. Kim, you got any final comments over there? I've got nothing, but I'm looking forward to uh, Dottie's uh, little uh, crowd pleaser warm-ups next time. He's in charge. So, James, do you get that? You're you're going to bring no. the conversation starters. The, qu- the question? Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. I've got a little context and research. Okay. And then I think I think it's only fitting that the following one will be your turn, Kim. Yeah, yeah, I'm on. And um, good morning. Okay. It would be to Elizabeth and Tommy, and I presume Isabella's probably in there too. Uh, Elizabeth and uh, Jesse, but um, I guess Tommy's Sorry. on our and our minds and hearts. Tommy's at this end with broken a broken arm. arm and a father who doesn't care properly for him. But nonetheless, <laughs> he threw a pin at me. <laughs> You're lucky I missed <laughs> all the skills. I'll start to actually feel bad when I left my hand because I was like, this might stab him in the forehead. And I, he's got a massive forehead for the listeners out there. Yeah, and you missed it. It's, it's got to be 10 centimetres at least. can't believe I did miss it. Beautiful so, forehead. Yeah. So anyway, as you also mentioned in the same podcast, that one of your sons broken his arm three times. So that says a lot about your parenting. A different arm. Oh, <laughs> he's got three of them. <laughs> different arm each time, Steers. Hey, One so. of them, ironically, was when he got pushed on a zip line. Oh, you, you guys <laughs> you guys in your zip lines. I oh, know, they're deadly. Yeah, so there it goes from there. Well, anyway, it's been good to have you boys on as usual. Thank and, you, James Clan. And until next time, goodbye. See you guys. If you like my daddy's podcast... Please subscribe, rate and review. Don't forget to share on your socials. My Daddy Pods had it all 10. Don't forget to share on your socials. What does social mean? <laughs>